Hi, this is Fraser Hines here, and you're listening to Travelling the Vortex. Warrior. I'm the hero. Oh, <laughs> you do that really well. Thank and you. What I really liked about it is head you did the head thing. I had to get, like I had to get into the role. <laughs> that's some that's some dedication there. Method acting performance. Right there. Yeah. Wow. Do you know why they did the? Head you movements? you look genuinely pissed that I didn't do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Uh. A little disappointed. <laughs> do you know why they did the head movements? Why did they do the head movements? True story. Because there's so much rubber in that uh, thing that as the actor would just turn, it would just twitch. (laughs) (laughs) I figured it was so they could hear or to see better. (laughs) I'm looking through the... What? I'm I'm, I'm looking through the ear holes. (laughs) One of the... uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He was also in uh, Tomb of the Cybermen, the really big um, kind of Asian Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's one of the... uh, Icemen and the Ice Warriors. Icemen, Ice Warriors in this. And in <laughs> he the, was like the first one they designed it for. Yeah, and then in the uh, so he had to watch back for the yeah. yeah specials. Yeah, it's, uh, he talked about how they could always see straight ahead. Yeah. Did you guys have a good week? I was pretty decent. I, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, shaking his head wasn't exciting, but I had a pretty low key week also. Pretty average. Caught up on all my shows. Fully caught up on Constantine. Finally, man. I'm okay if it doesn't come back. Is that right? Yeah. I'm not crazy then, right? No, it's, it's, it's not an that okay great. show. It's all right, but it's not that great. I dropped off after the fourth episode and didn't go back. I mean, I, I intend to go back and watch them, but it was one of those ones that I wasn't. I, he, I get to a point in the season, in a, in, a, in a year, where I start with a bunch of stuff and then I pair back. Yeah. That was one of the ones I thought, you know, I'll pair back for now and catch up on that one in the summer. Even like the mid-season finale, it was kind of, yeah. And then once it got to the end, of course, they were hoping to continue, so it wasn't like it was a true season finale or a series finale, but it kind of did leave things on quasi-cliffhanger. And I, I, there was kind of a what moment at the very end. And but then I later I was like, eh, whatever. I read online, though, that the, there, there's a the push comeback to after the... Mid-season hiatus that it was it was actually pretty good. It, it, it was doing really I well. Kept up with it a bit more once it came back. I, w- I was more regular with watching it once I got to that point. But there were long stretches in between that I didn't watch. They're probably because they're trying to fill out a bigger season than they need. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to hoping for a twenty-four episode season and only got a thirteen. Yeah, since they didn't since they halted production. Yeah, I'm I'm such a, a fan of even though you know. More who all the time would be awesome, but I, I'm I'm such a fan of the the shorter, thirteen episode mm-hmm. British or the ten episode, um, you know, pay channel 
shows. They just make so much sense that they'll just give me ten really good episodes and don't pad it out to yeah, 24. Yeah, don't give me any filler. Because yeah. there were quite a few con- episodes of Constantine that are just... Uh, and even... I love Castle. Castle's such a fun show. But even that, it's like... Uh, it's a filler episode, you can tell. Yeah. yeah. And some... Luckily for Castle, the filler episodes are really fun. Like, the last one they did, this guy gets killed in a Mars simulation. And so they, they, the area is set up so it's just like the atmosphere of Mars. So they have to put on spacesuits and do all this stuff to go to investigate. <laughs> and that really had, sounds like a filler episode. He, and he's having so much fun with it because he's such a geek that it makes the episode <laughs> so enjoyable to watch, despite it being a filler episode. Wow. So since I got caught up on all my shows, I dipped back into Buffy and Angel a bit more. Mm. Sarah kind of petered off and lost interest, so I'm going on without her in my rewatch. Because this time I'm doing as they aired, so I'm going uh, Buffy Angel, Buffy Angel. Because uh, when I watched it originally, it was all Buffy and all Angel. Right, right. So, then you have to kind of piece together where they yeah, were in there. Yeah. We only watched one movie, The Maze Runner. What'd you think? I liked it. I thought it was really good. Uh, and that's the one you've seen, right? Mm-hmm. The ladies will probably throw stones at me, but I liked it way better than Divergent. And Sarah loved the book Divergent, but didn't think the movie did a very good job at realizing it. And so I think that's why it, I think it's better than Divergent because I haven't read the books. But I think it's up there as far as teen dystopian sci-fi, like in the upper echelons with Ender's Game and, well, that's not dystopian, but sci-fi, teen sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunger Games, I think it's right up there with that, if not a little bit better. Although Hunger Games has... In its favor, at least the first story, the first book and the first movie, has in its favor that it didn't feel like they were setting up a bigger story. It was kind of a, felt like a one and done, where Maze Runner kind of feels like it sets up a bigger story. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see more, and I want to go read the book now. I'm hoping that the and the book, I think I talked about this when I reviewed it, but the books can be a little dry in spots. Mm-hmm. It has some well, they did such a, questionable things, but it's they did such a really good. good world building, and I was engrossed pretty much the whole time and bought into everything so well. I, I thought they did a really good job with it. It's pretty unique. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I liked about it. Divergent almost feels like, oh, we're going to try to do Hunger Games, but make it a little different. And this is, uh, although in theory, a bit more like Hunger Games because it's a bunch of teens in this area and they have to survive but it's structured so much differently that it the, the basic premise is similar but the outcome and the execution is completely different that's all I did I look forward to being able to watch movies <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I watched any movies this week We watched, uh, Mason and I watched Big Hero 6 uh-huh. of course we've seen that yeah. I did a lot of reading this week <laughs> I saw it yeah <laughs> I actually finished the Time Worm, worm Tetralogy. Um, quadrilogy? It's a quadrilogy, but I think once you go past three, they call them Tetralogy. I think they're beyond, that's like three plus or something. Foursome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Time Worm Revelation, which, <clears throat> it's weird because it's a, it's, a, it's a Paul Cornell story. And I've enjoyed, you know, everything he's done for television and... I enjoyed Human Nature when we read it. This one's so different than the first three books in the series, hmm. because in the in the first book it takes place in Earth past when the time worm is first beginning, 
And then it jumps to Nazi Germany, which I talked a little bit about. And then in Time Worm Apocalypse, it goes way into the future. Mm. So it's a nice, you know, kind of setup. It, it, it kind of has this linear feel to it. And uh, Time Worm Apocalypse was was pretty good. I, it, I think I'm still enjoying, I still, I think, I come down on Exodus being the best story, which, funny enough, when I read reviews, that seems to be people's least favorite. But that one was actually <laughs> written by Terrence Dix, and it really feels like a oh, Doctor Who story. And then Time Revelation, I, Time Revelation, I did, <laughs> I can't say much about it because there's this one, which I kind of assumed halfway through that this was the case, but there's this wonderful revelation. <laughs> most of the way through the book and that's about all i can say but it's it's got a lot of um it's got a lot of fan service to it hmm. but not in a gimmicky way in a very poignant to the story way mm-hmm. and so I, I really liked it but it, it gets a little bit surreal and and there's a purpose there's a reason for it being very surreal but and it was one of those books that i kept thinking okay this is going to end soon nope <laughs> okay, this is going to end now. Nope. This keeps going. But not in a way that I was like, oh, God, this thing just keeps going. It was more of a, oh, okay. And so I couldn't put it down, obviously, because I finished the thing. <laughs> I, I, I think I was nearly done last week when we talked about it. Or had I just – I can't remember now if I just finished a – was finishing Apocalypse last week and then went remember. on to this one. I can't remember for sure either. I can't keep track of which one's which. <laughs> anyway, so – I think yeah. you were finishing up the – Third one. Okay, so then uh, I finished the third one, then and or, finished, and now yeah, and then okay. picked up and and read uh, Revelation. So, um, going to put the new adventures aside for just a little bit because the next one is a trilogy, I believe, and it's Cat Cat's Cradle, I think, is what it's called. Hmm. Is the is the series the, the story arc? It's called, oh. called Cat's Cradle. I think I can't remember for sure now, but anyway, there's a, the next three or I think a grouping of, hmm. of stories. So, um, and then I picked up uh, Doctor Who Silhouette. I got the Kindle version of that, bought it so that I could read that because that is the Traveling the Vorhex Vorhex Vortex Book Club Book of the Month. So we're I, <laughs> I powered through that and read that in like two or three <laughs> days. <laughs> so I'm done with it now. And uh, you can see my review of that online if you want to. However, I did – I in my review, I did it sort of in two parts. I did the very first half of it was unspoilery, and then I put spoiler warning right in the center of it. So mm-hmm. if you've read it, you can go on and, and see some of the things that I – because the things that I had, I didn't really have much trouble with it. It was, it was I thought overall it was a good book. In fact, I gave it five, four out of five stars. But there were some things in it that did kind of bother me, and I wasn't quite sure how I came down on them. So, so I just, much like season eight. So I, put, yeah, <laughs> so I put them down in words, and those were beyond the spoilers. So just I read right up to them spoiler flags <laughs> and stopped and said, "Nope, not going in that door." I did like the Paternoster game returning. I wasn't sure that I would care much about that, but I, I did enjoy that. Probably because we only got a couple stories this season with them. Although we we only get a couple stories each the season one. anyway. Oh, yeah, we only did get the one this season. Yeah, yeah you're right. So it, maybe it had been long enough that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. probably. Um, and then I picked up and started reading because uh, I wanted to get – actually, I, I read the first chapter of Insurgent, which is the second oh, book yeah, in the Divergence. 
And the reason I did that is because I'm going to try to get this silly thing read. <laughs> Not necessarily before it comes out next week or in two weeks. But well, I want to get, it comes yeah, out? it comes wow. out very soon. But I want to get most of it read while it's, or I want to get all of it read while it's still in theaters because I think that's one that Hollywood and I want to go see. Oh yeah. And, but I want to get it read before I see it. So I I picked it up, and because it's another, I, I I don't tend to read fiction and nonfiction or fiction and fiction books at the same time. Sometimes I'll have two or three books I'm reading, but I try not to have them be in the same. Uh, genre era, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's my fiction one I'm reading in. And then I picked up Adventures in, uh, with the Wife in Space, Living with the Doctor, Living with Doctor Who. And that's the book written by Neil Perryman, who did the blog for several years, for a couple of years, where he and his wife were watching, his, introducing his wife to Doctor Who. Which and the then, blog is hilarious. It is. It's wonderful. And so this whatever book is built with that. around it. They finished. They finished. They did. Oh yeah, yeah, they got it. I, I, I saw the book updates came out coming. After they, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. Although I think he was writing up. the book as he went. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind of follow, and it's built around that. I'm sorry, spirit. books are kind of like in the same realm as TV shows for me. I knew that they existed, <laughs> but I don't get to. to but talk. It's, the it's, book is very much it's kind of filling in some of the gaps. It's not really yes. just a rehash of the book. No, it, what the book is is really kind of sets up what I've read so far, and I. According to because it's a Kindle, it's in percentage, so I don't know what page I'm on, but I'm 39 percent through it. Oh. And so, see, the, that's the part so that I have Thank read, you, <laughs> thank you, Kindle. Pe- people drive me nuts with this. I'm reading this. Oh, really? Where are you at? I don't know. Page 39. <laughs> what does that mean? It says 39 of 290 pages. That's so, still, like, I'm going to remember. Oh, on that page, this happened. Well, you have to do. Well, so thirty nine percent. I don't remember how much what, what happens. Thirty nine percent. Yeah, thirty nine percent just transfers to the same thing. You just don't have to do the math in your head. Well, it's, it's at least a little bit more. But I believe me, it's not as good as I'm at the part where they just killed the sheriff, and you're like, oh, that's a good part, <laughs> because then we have something to talk about, and I know what's spoilerish and what isn't. Yeah, but when you say I'm on page fifty five, it's like I don't see any difference because I don't tell somebody I'm on fifty five. I say I'm on. I'm halfway through the I book, or I'm a third of the I way through the book, or I'm yeah, three-quarters of uh, the way through the book. How much or a chapter? I know so many yeah, people that tell five, me page numbers, well, and I look at see, them like, what is wrong with but, you? But uh, good, good reads, I don't think you could praise them for doing either a 30 per, or a percent Kindle, or a, a Kindle. Or, yeah. well, Kindle. You can do, I don't, well, you, a lot of ebooks you can set for either percent or oh. page number. But um, I don't think it's any different for Goodreads because 39% is probably the same as, you know, 70 pages in 390. Yeah. <laughs> or not 390. 49% is almost halfway through the book. Well, okay. Are you, at this, you, are you at the point where they killed the sheriff yet? Yeah. I'm on this page. Spoilers of otherwise. this many page, pages, you just have to in your head go, okay, well, he's 20 some percent done. Or he's. Well, the problem is they don't often doing. say how many. Well, I know, but are. you can't praise Kindle for doing this because it doesn't help it's your cause thing. anything. It's the exact same thing. That's what Keith just said. He said, you know, if I'm at 39% of the book, it doesn't still doesn't tell no, you where I'm at. I, the I, book. I, I disagree because if you told me you're reading a book that I've read, you're, you're telling me you're Tell reading, me milestones. You're, you're, well, yeah, you're reading. Um, Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas. I've read Odd Thomas. And you say, I'm 39% of the way through the book. My brain is going to go flip, 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 flip. Okay, I'm. Kind of, sort of, vaguely know where you're at. If you tell me I'm on page 120, I don't know how big that book is. I don't know how many pages are in that book. I don't care how many pages are in the book. That's a piece of information I did not bother to file away when I read the book. <laughs> I remember Odd Thomas. I remember Dean Koontz. I remember Plot. That's kind of it. That's the important stuff. 
I can tell you the cover is black and gray. That's really kind of superfluous <laughs> at that point. Sean, your, your, your point is valid, but not in comparison to Kendall telling you not, how much not, percent is. I mean, telling you how percentage well, versus What it comes pay. down to is people need to go, have you read it? Yes. Okay, this just happened for me. Yeah. I mean, do that's that. That's the if, ideal that's thing. That's what you now, need if, to do. Yeah, if Goodreads does so that. So where, where are you at in this know. book? Well, you wouldn't know because you've never read it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just finished uh, talking about... Um, just it's before he and Suga, just before, it's, it's just before he and Suga have gotten married. So, oh well, yeah. see, okay, then they're now living together, and he tries to introduce her daughter to. That's Dr. so much more helpful. So. Thank you. Well, yeah, absolutely. But if you and I were having a conversation, that's how I would frame it. But the thing is, that has nothing to do with were what Kendall's doing with thirty nine percent. So, quit thanking them for doing it that way, because it's no different than saying what page you're on out of so many pages. I think it's it's still a percentile. Part. It still translates into a percent. You know, what's coming back to the pod, to, to the website this week. The poll. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the poll back. I'm going to find out how many of our listeners use page numbers when they talk about books. We have a lot of book readers. I've, I don't listeners. think anybody face to face I've talked to said I'm on page. Really? So, so, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've, I've never had, I've had so many people, like more people than not, and it just drives me absolutely in the bonkers. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> page number. Caitlin had a tournament this week and uh, lost in the first round, but <laughs> they haven't. I mean, they've they've played they. They have a lot of new girls on their team, and they've come a long way from the very beginning. So they played some really good ball at the very end of the first half and at the very end of the last half, which really reminded me of K, uh, KU. And uh, so, but they had a lot of fun, and the coaches took them out to lunch afterwards and oh, got them ice cream nice. and everything. So that was neat. And then we didn't really do anything today. Oh, we went over to my mom's and celebrated her birthday today. Oh. So. When's your mom's birthday? She's actually on March 3rd. Oh. Tuesday was her actual birthday, and I took her to lunch that day. And then, yeah, we celebrated this weekend because everybody was so busy all week that we couldn't get anything <laughs> organized until today. So <laughs> That happens. Did you do anything fun, Sean? Um, we went out to breakfast this morning for my mom's birthday, huh. which is um, today, actually, now, Monday. So happy birthday, Mom. Um, we're three episodes from the end of the season one of Arrow. So we're slowly getting there. <laughs> oh, it really gets good in these last three episodes, too. I'm sure you would know that. <laughs> and um, that was probably the extent of the... Oh, I have, a, I have a wonderful story I have to tell about my dad. My dad comes to see me at work today. He says, uh, so I've got this letter. I need your help. You know, kind of polishing letter because you know, apparently when you have an English minor and you've written stuff, that's <laughs> that's your new lot yep. in life is you got to proofread things and stuff. <laughs> like, okay, what do you got for me, Dad? He says, "I want to send it to NASA." Okay, color me intrigued now, <laughs> and maybe the CIA. What? Same as my dad's idea. You ready for this letter? Wait, should we should, should we be divulging if it's going to the CIA? He wants to live on an island. So his grand plan, I kid you not, his grand plan is that he's going to write NASA and offer to test stuff for them. But it should be on an island, so it's outside of the, the continental U.S. And that way, rules, restrictions things that the government might have problems with they don't have to worry about 
And if the CIA gives him the opportunity to do this, he'll keep an eye on North Korea for them. <laughs> and so he's going to do all this testing. <laughs> and in exchange, he will live on the island and they will maintain it. And at the end of five years, he gets ownership of the island. <laughs> and he's got this grin. Like, this is the greatest idea in the history of great ideas, in the long line of things. You know, since we climbed down out of the trees, he's like up there with that kind of idea. And I said, do you think maybe five years is not quite a long enough, you know, return on the government's investment? Like they might want for a little longer? He goes, well, maybe six. And I said, so um, I'm not making this up. I cannot pad this story. I, I really can't. I said, so you're working for the island, so they're not going to pay you, obviously. He goes, oh, no, they'll pay me. <laughs> I said, Dad, you're going to live on an island. What are you going to do with the money? He says, I'm going to bury it. On the island. On the island. Will be the richest per capita country in the world. Because <laughs> they're going to pay me in gold. <laughs> he says, I've got the flag designed and everything. I've been thinking about this a long time. <laughs> and all I could do, I can say this because I know my dad does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> Unfortunately, the CIA probably <laughs> They do now. <laughs> All I could do was go, I sprang from this man's loins. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've got to look forward to 30 years from now. <laughs> Where do you go from there? I see the letter back. <laughs> Dear Mr. Collins. Oh, he liked your idea. We already have 72 islands positioned all around the globe already implementing this plan. But thank you for your concern. <laughs> so I asked him. So thank you, you for your application. You, do you feel qualified? I said, you understand that with NASA testing, some of this may be dangerous. He goes, well, yeah. <laughs> I may not test that stuff. <laughs> So he really wants but to live on an island and spy on North Korea. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's go to the North Korea idea then. Let's, let's go to the CIA. I said, um, do, do you feel qualified to keep an eye on, on North Korea? He says, how hard can it be? They'll have to teach me how to fly. I'll need an airplane. <laughs> and he thinks there's just a random island out there not being occupied? Oh, there's or? a lot of random islands. There's, 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 there's a lot of deserted islands. And I said, there. so basically what you're saying is, you know the movie Father Goose? You want to do that. And he stops and goes, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> there is a movie about that, isn't there? I said, yeah. It's got Cary Grant. He goes, yeah. Yeah. It'd be just like that. <laughs> and he became excited by it again. <laughs> So, and then he go, do you have that movie? Since he's in a video store? <laughs> oh, and do you still have that floppy disk I gave you with all of the fonts? Wait, what? what? <laughs> this is your dad's This is my still? dad. <laughs> now, I'm still reeling from everything else, but I had enough foresight to go, 
dead. Nobody calls them floppy disks anymore. <laughs> it may have been a floppy disk at the time you gave it to me, though. Why? I got to put the letter in courier. I really like that font. <laughs> as God is my witness. I like that typeface. I, I spent the next 20 minutes trying to decide if I needed to call Pat and say, so, is anything going on at home that I need to be concerned about? Do you know where your husband is? And I asked him, I was like, so, does she know that you're planning to run off and live on an island? Is, and he, is he taking her with him? He says, not yet. <laughs> okay, dead. So Wednesday, I, I get to go over and, uh, and, and type this letter. <laughs> so he, he didn't have check a letter. Back with you we have to check back with me and see how this goes. Of course, I, I immediately thought of ways to improve it. It's like you don't want to go to NASA, Dad. They've got they've they've got the name, but they don't have any money. It's a government organization. You got to go to SpaceX or somebody. They, they yeah, might, yeah, they might be able. They, they might be all over that. Going, hey, you know, we don't have a guy on an island yet. <laughs> Red Bull <would> probably do. <laughs> but, you want gold? Virgin, you bet. <laughs> Virgin Atlantic. Yeah. This, not Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> Not Virgin Atlantic, but the other, the other Virgin. Virgin, yeah. It's all, virgin, it's yeah. all him. It's so, all, yeah, it's all under the same. It's all Branson. So, yeah. Richard Branson. I yeah. want to live on an island. Um, I spent very, oh, uh, several, I forget how many, almost double digits, very frustrating hours on Wednesday because uh, Rissa, my writing partner, uh, who I love dearly, oh. um, came up with this awesome, hey, did you know that HBO is doing this internship for TV shows? I was like, yeah, okay, because so we got all cold. And it starts at 11 o'clock, so we had everything set and ready to go. I'm going to skip French so that I can submit. All right, ready to go. Four hours later, me and everybody else on the Internet was very upset at, without a box because they didn't have a box to put the <laughs> entries in. Apparently. Without a box was... Without a box. They were without a box. They were also without a website, a server, and several other things. All they had was this white screen that did nothing. And we got partially part of the way through it. And then it locked up again. And it was kind of like, so do I click refresh or not? Because <laughs> I'm afraid of what might happen. <laughs> might you know? lose it. And... Um, then people started flooding Twitter with, I'm in, I'm in, I got through. And at that point, the website kicked back and had booted us all the way back out. Oh. And so we had to log back in and repeat the process. And by that time, it came up, said submissions closed. And oh. everybody was very angry and flooding HBO with... They should have extended it considering the issues they had. Yeah, well, apparently they did. Arissa was on something called Waiver Watch, <laughs> which has its own hashtag. <laughs> you can oh, yeah. guess how well that went. <laughs> Um, but it was just kind of yet another in a long line of all aboard the fail train here. I'm not going to knock anybody in particular, but without a box sucks. <laughs> and um, my favorite tweet of the entire afternoon was from another company uh, called Film Fest something or another. I should look it up because I don't know what it is. And they're taking pictures of without a boxes. We're sorry. We're having technical difficulties problem. And they tweeted, hey, at HBO. <laughs> Maybe you should have thought of this before you set this up. <laughs> and then they just shared a link 
to this consumer reports thing that said, this company is awesome and without a box sucks and you should totally use them for everything. And I said, if you'd have seen this ahead of time, you might not have run into this problem and had thousands of writers mad at you. So I went, follow. Because <laughs> you guys are my new heroes. <laughs> Free advertising. Yep, you you're gonna get one for that. But uh, yeah, so uh, that was uh, we just you know spent the afternoon drinking heavily and picked ourselves up by our bootstraps and we're ready to, to move on to the next challenge. So, but, yeah, that, that that one really kind of sucked. And um, then I had a, a nice meeting with the people at the university about my anxiety levels because apparently I have some anxiety, which I didn't realize. I mean, I knew I had stress. You know, everybody's got stress. Uh, three hours into that appointment, I didn't realize how much stress I had. <laughs> we only got halfway through the questionnaire. Um, so I get to go back for another appointment this week to, to finish that. And it's starting to get to me. Wait, what? I have anxiety over French. You went to your Washburn's, university for that? Well, Washburn's an all-inclusive school. They have they have people to help you with, you know, finals and things. And, you know, yeah, they've got a whole dealing with stress. And dealing with stress. I went, yeah, I've got that. Let me go. Huh. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do yet, but I'm still filling my paperwork. But I think it is starting to get to me because I had this horrible dream last night that we were at Planet Comic Con on the way to the Caitlin Blackwood panel and we lost her. We couldn't find her. Well, we've done that before with McCoy's. So. <laughs> right, but <laughs> but not to the extent because you know it's new building and, and all this kind of stuff. And not to mention she's a minor, so we, we were outside. You like lose in Sylvester alley. McCoy, so it means you expect the man to take location. care of himself. Yeah, well, you lose Caitlin Blackwood, and you might have a problem. Well, because Planet Comic Con has expanded so much of areas of Bartle Hall that we've never seen before. So in my dream state, apparently that meant that we were now outside in an alleyway downtown Kansas City <laughs> looking for her behind dumpsters. You were very non-phased about it. You were a basket case. And I kept running around going, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. None of us bothered apparently to go check on the panel, which she was at. So she wasn't lost at all. We, we just were weren't there. And she did the panel just fine on her own. And Kirk was so livid with me, he screamed at me in French. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't catch a word of. <laughs> and that's how I woke up this morning. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. I kind of like that I was just not phased. <laughs> you were not phased at all. You were like, eh, she's down at the bar having a drink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I'm the uh, parent. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's been my week. <laughs> All right, let's move on to news. Uh, we start with some sad news. We've lost another uh, Who alum. Hugh Walters passed away at the age of 75. His first appearance in the show was as William Shakespeare in The Chase, a brief cameo. And then later he's in two episodes of Deadly Assassin as commentator Runcible, that's the news guy. And then later he uh, played Vogel, the secretary and an, assist an assistant to Kara in the story Revelation of the Daleks, which we just recently watched. So, unfortunately, he passed away last month. Our thoughts on Last month? Last month. Just News like, just came out. Hmm. But oh. last month was seven days ago. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess that's a good point. Well, very sad. On to non-sad news. Uh, the recent Doctor Who magazine came out, and a lot of people have jumped on this story that Moffat has said Clara was going to go, or Jenna Coleman was indeed going to leave, uh, initially, like we thought, at the end of Death in Heaven, and then Christmas. What I think is kind of interesting in this uh, in the article, he says, the truth is I never wanted her to go. I didn't really want... Didn't really want Death in Heaven to be her last episode, and with Last Christmas, I'd already written the alternate version when she, where she stayed and preferred that version. Frankly, I didn't want to lose her. So I think it's interesting that she wrote the, he wrote the version that we saw first, where we all kind of thought maybe he tacked on that ending. Where That's he did really not. interesting. Yeah. Uh, in the same article, he also talks about how there's going to be more two-parters in Series 9, and that... Uh, he does. He's worried about bringing back the Paternoster Gang, and fear of it running, uh, being a repeating joke. Uh, and he says, "There's always the talk of the spinoff, and if the Bee would do that in a heartbeat, dot dot dot, but dot dot dot, I don't know." <laughs> I I still don't know if you could build an entire show around. Those I don't guys. know if you could either. I just I know there's a lot of people cl- people clamoring for that. But I think he totally could. <clears throat> I think it just it would just be different. It would be you know it'd be Torchwood. It'd be Captain Jack going to Torchwood, <laughs> completely changing the character, and then me not liking it. So it would be Sarah Jane Adventures in Victorian London. in Victorian London, and then Captain Jack could show up and make the occasional appearance because he's around somewhere. And that's what we need: more uninventive ideas. <laughs> Let's rehash some of the old. But your, your no, but I didn't say it would be original. I said you could totally do it. <laughs> Your point was, I don't think it would work. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it would sustain the show. I don't, not that it wouldn't work, and not that you couldn't do it, because I think you could. I mean, you've got you've got some foundation there. The problem is, I just don't think it'll be as appealing as people think know, it would give me, be. Give me one season. Give me give me a ten episode miniseries. Go. I'm five ten. episode miniseries. All right, give me a five yeah. episode yeah. miniseries. I, I, I could viable. stick around with that. I think. I like the Paternoster game. In fact, I was talking I about worry. how it was nice to see him again in silhouette. Yeah, but. I just worry about the stick kind of getting old after a while. Well, here's the problem. If, he, if he's worried about, you know, that getting old and not wanting to bring them back, Stephen, friend, buddy, maybe you should stop making Strax the one-note <laughs> joke yeah. of the Paternoster game. Because Ginny and Vastra have grown and become interesting each time they show up, and Strax has remained the same. Yeah. I think Strax is my biggest concern about a spinoff. Oh. I love Strax me some Strax. This be the best part of his spinoff. I, I, I love Strax. I do too. And just, and small and doses. One joke or not, I, I love to see that one joke every single time. Well, it'd be okay if he sh- he's there in the beginning, they send him off to go do something, and he comes back at the end of the episode while they've all gone done something else and failed miserably at what he was ever sent <laughs> off to do. When that's all he was, was the bookend. I'd be okay with that. What, what, what if we didn't even do the uh, the, the, the Scooby Doo like uh, uh, investigative uh, reporting uh, and, and investigating investigative investigating uh, on the show? <laughs> what, what investigative if, reporting. With what, Sarah what if Jane. we took Jenny Strax and Vastra and turned it into a Victorian London Three's Company? Huh. <laughs> no. <laughs> That wouldn't be old, right? That's not a rehash. It's probably about as good as the new remake of Odd Couple. And then they'd be stressing out because they didn't have the rent for Mr. Furley that week. Was it Furley? Yeah. That was Roper. 
Roper was the first one. It was the Ropers, and then when they left, because they were going to do a spinoff show and that didn't succeed. Oh, that's right. And then it was... Then uh, Mr. Then, Far- uh, uh, Mr. Furley. Furley was uh, Knotts. Yeah, Don yeah. Knotts. Okay. That's weird. I would default to... I would, Roper. I would default to uh, Roper, I, too. I, Roper was the original, but Furley was the funny. I loved I loved Don Knotts. I've always loved Don Knotts. And when he came along, it was such a different take on that relationship. I liked it. How long was he on that show? Uh, I don't know. At least half. Well, this will probably get cut. <laughs> <laughs> Never known so much about Nobody cares company. about his company but me. Should we move on to Unless our Doctor Who a legacy? Silurian and a and a, and a human. Then it would be interesting. <laughs> Doctor Who legacy tip of the week. This week's tip of the week comes from Chrissy. She wrote in, "I've been chipping away at the experts level lately. Expert levels lately. It's been a bit slow going, but I do have a tip for the first expert level. No heal gems. I need a doctor. In this level, it doesn't drop any pink gems, which creates a problem for." when your healing gets low. My tip is to level up Artie Maitland above 40, max him out to 50 if you can, and include him on your team for that level because his special ability is to change green and red gems to pink. And if you combine the pink gem ability with Martha Jones' ability to increase the power of the healing gems, that's all the better. Plus, it doesn't hurt to go into that level with a few characters with, uh, with healing abilities either. So there you go. Very good. Thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. That is a good one. And that's your Doctor Who legacy? Tip! Tip! Oh, the week! You had something you want to talk about with legacy. It wasn't a tip, necessarily. Well, not a tip, but just one of those things, because for anybody who ever played me in uh, the Star Wars trading card game knows that I like to do themed stuff. (laughs) At the cost of winning. Because it's fun. It's neat. (laughs) And uh, I, I put together my first theme team. Uh, if I can, don't 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 you do it? You're fine. <laughs> I introduced my there mom to the game. She's a big uh, gem games type person. How's she liking it? Uh, so far, she likes it. She she had just downloaded it. Uh, I was over there helping her set up a new computer and showed it to her, and she's like, "Oh, I was like, now that you've caught up with who, you might like this." <laughs> you know, it's a ganger team. You've I got made, going I, on here. I, I made the rebel flesh. You got the doctor. And you've got the Ganger Doctor. Which Doctor? Oh, oh the, the 11th. 11th, right. obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah, Keith. Uh, 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 here, let's go over here to Team. Dean. Which team is it? I thought that's where you were at. No, I think you were on... Um... No, that's Team. Were you on Team? I thought you were on One TARDIS. Team. Oh, I wanted TARDIS. Then. Oh, yeah, then you want to go there. TARDIS. <clears throat> oh, for names. Yeah, right. I think you can... You can, I think, if I remember right, you can hold the icon and it'll tell you the name. Oh, no, see, I have to see your team. Though, yeah. So that doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Anyway. But yeah, so I've got the 11th Doctor and the, the, the Flesh Doctor and uh, basically all the gangers. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. You don't have the ganger version of this one unless it's not as pale as the others. Maybe it's not as pale. No, she's, she doesn't say ganger on her name. She's um, whatever her... She's probably the, the human The one version. human version. Jennifer or oh, whatever I do her have name to was. go over into TARDIS in order to see their names. Yeah, Jennifer. That's right. Well, here's the fun thing. If you just scroll down through companions, um, there's one of them in each color. Which is actually kind of oh, yeah. cool that it works oh, out nice. that way. So you, make, you get that nice rainbow effect. So see, Lee, I Jennifer, took, Jennifer Lucas, Jennifer Lucas. Thank you. Took took your tip to heart last time, Lee, about uh, getting away from those monochromatic stuff. There, Eleventh <laughs> Doctor Flesh Clone. Clone. Uh, I use this one, Jimmy Wicks Ganger. 
There's the leader, Miranda Cleavers, or Cleavis. Cleaves. From Miranda Cleaves. And there's not one in Go back. Uh, yeah, uh, there. Right above the ah, outpost. I gotcha. Come on. Buzzer. Buzzer. <laughs> Buzzer. And Buzzer Ganger. So. Oh, very cool. So yeah, just 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 for well, fun. You know, I started the theme. Yeah, I know you started the theme. Dinosaurs <laughs> on a spaceship theme, but <laughs> actually, I'm working on a Good Man Goes to War one too with the iPad. Oh yeah, with the iPad. Oh, you mean a Wedding River song? Or that's what I meant, Wedding River song. You could almost do a whole Rory team. Could you? Almost. I think you're missing. I think there's. If you count Rory Bot. I, I can only think of Roy, Roy Botton, the uh, commander, captain, or whatever. I think there's one more. almost do a whole Amy team. You can, you can definitely do a whole Amy team. Well, well especially the with the expert level, because you've got an expert level Amy as well. Yeah. So. And there's a fan Amy, is there? No. I, I think there's a fan Rory. I could be wrong. I had to stretch a little bit, but after they did that, I also put together a War Doctor team. <laughs> so I, I got the War Doctor and Cinder and Clara, because he met her in the 50s. Oh, but you got Clara in the wrong uh, outfit there. Yeah, You've man. got her in the robot. I like that. <laughs> I like that outfit. Uh, and the moment, and the TARDIS, and then I had to cheat, so I threw uh, a Rusty. Rusty, <laughs> Rusty. Rusty the Dalek to fill up that last spot on there. You could put, you could cheat even better and put the Metacrisis Doctor on there and say that's your... My 10. ten. So you've got 11 and 10. Oh, but you have War Doctor. I have War, War Doctor, Doctor. Yeah. yeah. Did you have Cinder? Yeah. No, I think I I think I dump Clara and put um, you have the TARDIS. I put the moment and Rose in there, so you have the device and the interface. You can put the but, interface, but, Ro- but Rose is not the moment. The skin. Hmm? But you Rose can, is not the moment. The, moments the moment has a different costume. I know, but you could put Rose on there. So you no, have it's not Rose. Well, <laughs> he at least met Clara. He never yeah, met Rose. That's true, but I mean, I'm saying you. Cheat a little bit. Well, I mean, he fight, having Rusty the Dalek. He, he fights Daleks. Yeah, but it would be on his team. <laughs> He'd be fighting them. Should we move on to feedback? Yeah. First up in feedback, Brian. Brian writes, Hey, guys. For Generation Who, the Doctor Who convention in Hunt Valley, Maryland, just posted their list of programming. Looks cool. Can't wait to go. I've been listening to your podcast since the earliest episodes, but now my 12-year-old son is hooked too. He started with episode 87 and is working his way up. Thanks for keeping things family friendly. We try hard. We try we our do. best. We really do. Despite that, my and best in fact, efforts. that was one of the things that we set out to do, was to make sure that anybody could listen to this. So, Occasionally a few... Maybe rugged words <laughs> slip through the cracks, but for the most part, we try to we try our best. So, Brian, thank you so much for for, for listening and for getting your son hooked. Up. And, uh, and give us your son's name. We'll yeah, give you a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. Son of Brian. <laughs> son of Brian. Thank you, Brian, and son of Brian. Welcome to the show. And our generation, who does look like a good con? Where's that one at? He said Hunt uh, Valley, Hunt Maryland. Valley, Maryland. That is uh, later this month, March twenty seventh to the 29th. I couldn't possibly. I'm booked. Well, Colin's going to be there. <gasps> Sylvester and, McCoy is going to be there. And this is the one where Tom's going to Skype Tom into. Baker oh, is going one. to be there over the digital airwaves. Nicola Bryant, Sophie Aldred, Andrew Cartmel, uh, Terry Malloy, Deborah Watling, Patricia Quinn. Uh, she was in uh, Dragon, Dragonfire. Oh, she was also Magenta in Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's Ooh. what more people probably know her as. Ooh. 
Uh, Colin Sprawl. He was in Revelation of the Dogs. Spall? Oh, it is Spall, yeah. Spall. I, was, I was trying to add an R in there. I met him. He's such a sweet Spall. little man. I didn't tell that guy that story. Revelation of the Daleks brief, and Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel. And then Nev Fountain. And... Matthew Dow Smith. Dr. Arnold T. Bloomberg. He's a writer and podcaster. John Peel. He's an author. Doctor Who Novelizations. I'm getting into some obscure <laughs> ones here now. So, But they're going to have a viewing yeah, of... Sounds like they've got uh, a really great... Uh, list there. The movie. <gasps> Let's go. You never go wrong with that. That's kind of our, <laughs> that's kind of our thing. <laughs> it really is. What are you doing this week, Doctor of the Movie? Again? Yes. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Up next in feedback is Robert. Robert writes, feedback submitted. Comment question, hey there. First off, a few words about Robert Johnson. He wasn't a jazz musician, but a bluesman. You are correct, Robert. I thought about that after uh, after I, we recorded last week and realized, oh, I was a little fibbing there. Uh, uh, the King of the Delta Blues, as a matter of fact, is what he was called. There's varying accounts about the selling his soul to the devil and what it really means, but you can read more about Robert Johnson here, and he's included a wiki link, which we will include in the show notes. Right, Glenn? Good. Uh, looks like I will be at Planet Comic Con. I have to remind him occasionally because, you know, Rod the Bear. Looks That's like okay. I, Keith usually ends up following up anyway. So. <laughs> if he forgets, I make sure to put it in the show notes. Uh, looks like I will be at Planet Comic Con. I will have a table in the Artist Alley. I hope you guys will stop by and see me. Yay, I'm bringing my book. Which, I'm bringing my book, Robert, so you can sign it. If I remember correctly, he posted booth number 328. 328. So, so if you're going to Comic Con, Planet Comic Con, booth 328. Are you sure it's 328? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I hope so, because we've now, <laughs> now said it. I'm going to stone. I'm going we to look it up. can't change it now. No, even if you look it up, it's now officially it's, in the record. We've said it. It's irrevocably <laughs> seared into people's Kirk, memories. So. Yeah, we'll just, <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll just pick all this stuff up and move him. <laughs> 328, I was correct. Look up, look up oh, our good. I didn't want to have to move all that stuff. <laughs> look up our table while you're in there. Oh, I saw it, and I don't remember. I think it's 2004, but I don't want to say it, it out loud, because yeah. that would be irrevocably seared into people's brains. Oh, and, I kind of wish it was 2005. Why? Well, that's when... I don't, I don't think the there is a 2005. Well, so we're at the very end, as far as you can go. I think we're all back there in one area, though. The Red we're Dog and Tardis is back to there. The guests this year. Than oh, we are. Years. Oh, wow. All right. Let's be, let's be honest, Glenn. If we deserve yeah, to be at any booth, it deserves to be one of the Wilderness Years booths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you guys will stop by and see me. I mean, I see you on the social networks, and I hear you every week. But I would like in-person confirmation of your existence one of these days. Robert, I make you a solemn vow. We will this, stop by. We will stop by and see you. At the very least, I, I will. At the very least, book. Keith and I will. He's, I don't know about Glenn. He, I need him to sign my book. I can't remember if the news got lost in the galley excitement, but it seems that Doctor Who is no longer on Amazon's streaming service. I wonder, since it's still on Netflix and Hulu, if it was more a matter of the BBC not getting on good terms with Amazon, like major and small press publishers, than any desire for exclusivity with any service. If you're not following the battle between Amazon and the publishing industry, now with problems for self-published authors like me, well, even summing it up would take time. Let's skip that mess for now. Boy, this feedback is long for me. <laughs> I'll sign <laughs> off now, and here's hoping we have a good time at Planet Comic Con. Robert. Here, here. And we are for sure in booth 2004. All right. Keith usually keeps an eye on the Amazon 
stuff for us. Yeah, so. uh, uh, it was Eric pointed out to us, I believe, that it, it had dropped off. Yeah. And it looked like, yeah, it was a license issue. Um, there was, if you had it, like, in your queue, and you went to your queue in Amazon, you, there was an option of, what, what, why is this? And then it will explain, kind of, a nice Q&A of why it's no longer. Because some of them aren't I even... I wonder if Netflix does that, because that's kind of a helpful... So. That's kind of a helpful feature. But I think the one I clicked on, it's not even available to rent digitally anymore. Oh, wow. So, like, it's even paired back. You can't pay for it, let alone have it as part of Amazon Prime. <clears throat> Probably is an exclusivity thing. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Up next on the, sh- on the feedback <laughs> is Holly. Holly writes, The Ice Warriors and Red Dawn. Hey, guys. Red Dawn, a great audio adventure with the Fifth Doctor and Perry. The Ice Warriors in this are their worst best. The whole thing with the space mission to Mars had me interested from the get-go, and I was thinking to myself that they shouldn't drink the water if there is any. Waters of Mars <laughs> instantly sprang to mind. Ice Warriors. The Doctor, Jamie, and Victoria, and the TARDIS arrive to what Jamie thinks is Tibet. Lots of snow and thankfully no yetis, but then again, I think I'm getting ahead of myself on this one. Shoulders, shrugs, shoulders, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. The animations for the second and third part of this story are good. Back to the story, I don't blame Victoria in the least for being anxious about the or around the Ice Warriors being threat. Oh, in this story. No, sorry, I'm skipping down here. Don't blame Victoria in the least for being anxious around the Ice Warriors being threatened with your head exploding would turn anyone into a worried mess, and not to mention the fact your usefulness being talked about while being held prisoner. Jamie gets banged up in this one a bit. Love how the Doctor and Victoria throw off the Ice Warriors so they can plan how so they can plan how to stop them by having Victoria cry loudly. Their plan goes off without a hitch. At first, I didn't realize what was going on, so a quick rewatch of the scene, and I was back on track. All in all, a decent story. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on these episodes. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And our last bit of feedback comes from Chrissy. Chrissy writes, What's red and green and hisses all over? I give up. She doesn't give an answer. Oh. That's uh, a lame joke, Holly. <laughs> Chrissy. Or Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> That's a lame joke, Chrissy. Uh, dear Vortex Boys. I'll wake up in a minute. <laughs> When's a Dalek? Not a Dalek. Uh, Sean, I sometimes wonder if you and I aren't long-lost siblings or cousins or something. Listening <laughs> to you talk about Leonard Nimoy and how you found out about his passing and all the emotions you went through was eerily similar to how I felt. Sorry if that sounds creepy, but that's what I thought about when you were talking about it last week. I saw your post on Facebook about Planet Comic Con, and you guys are interviewing Caitlin Blackwood. That is awesome and so exciting. And Chrissy, it's not creepy at all. I, I would be honored to have you as a long-lost sister or cousin or something. She goes on to say, okay, review time. This time it's the Ice Warriors. See what I did there? Red Dawn. This one reminded me a lot of the Hungry Earth Cold Blood. Team TARDIS meets up with a group of human explorers Run into non-human civilization. The humans and non-humans might be able to make some kind of peaceful compromise, but all that, all that, but that all gets bungled by one trigger-happy idiot who just won't listen to any kind of rational reason. Now, just because I see similarities between these two stories doesn't mean I dislike this at all. Quite the contrary. This is probably one of my favorite big finish stories. I know when we've. Re- 
when we've reviewed audios from early in the Big Finish run, we found them to be a bit lacking, and we just wave it off as, oh, they were just getting started. They hadn't worked out the, all the bugs yet. This was especially true of some of the earliest Fifth Doctor stories. Yes, even a 5e fangirl like me can see there are problems, some problems with those early audios. But this one is quite the exception to that. It shows that Big Finish has the, had the potential to do amazing stories, but they were still getting to that point. Fun fact, Robert Jezik, who would later go on to be the voice of Frobisher in Big Finish, is the voice of the Commander. It took me a little while to figure out I, where I'd heard his voice before. It's interesting that he uses the same accent for this character as he does for Frobisher. <laughs> I had... I didn't. Instantly. No, I didn't know. You didn't? No idea. And oh, I, wow. I didn't think Did you he sounded like... Him? I didn't even sound like he had the same accent. I thought he sounded exactly like Frobisher. Is that right? I thought, oh, that's just this guy's voice. <laughs> I, I, I did not, um, even though I should have, because this is now my second go-around with it, mm. and didn't cue into the fact that... I thought Jezik was really... Well, we'll talk about this in, this in the review, but I thought he was very... Monotone and he didn't have a lot uninteresting and not a lot of excitement and so I I was I don't know kind of disappointed but <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it now in my head that it was but I didn't hit it at all. Hmm. Uh, she goes on to say the Ice Warriors. This seems to be a pretty standard doc- second Doctor base under siege story, except they actually get out of the base and do some exploring. And for all the talk, Victoria. That Victoria was just one of those pathetic screaming companions. I thought the story served her quite well, and she had some good moments. It's one thing to have a brave companion that's going to go all action hero on the monsters, but Victoria is scared out of her mind, and she still has the presence of mind to ask the Ice Warrior questions and get information from him. She's actually quite clever in several instances, even though she is clearly freaked out. Personally, I think that speaks more to her sense of bravery than anything. As for the animation of episodes two and three, it's all right. It's trying to be a lot like it's trying to be like the animation for the invasion, which is still the best one in my mind, but it's just not quite there. This is my thing about these animated missing episodes. This is true about the ep- animation for Ring of Terror as well. The animations are trying tra- the the animators try to get really fancy with the close-ups and cuts and movements and the things that would not have been possible when these episodes were originally filmed. And because the animation is so stylized, it takes me out of the story, because I expect a 1960s Doctor Who story to have a certain look and feel to it, and the animation just doesn't convey that feeling. Yes, yes, I know animation is going to look different from live action, but I wish they would at least try to make it feel like it could be a part of the same story as the live action episodes and quit trying to be so fancy with the medium. It's truly distracting. And I might have just made hordes of animators and would-be animators upset with me for saying that, but I'm standing by my comments, so there. That's all I have for now. Hope everyone has a good week. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Actually, Chrissy, um, if you want on the DVD, I highly recommend watching Beneath the Ice as a behind-the-scenes with the animators and how they went about it. And several of them talked about how they they were tempted to try to do more flashy, more exciting things, but stayed truer to the actual episodes than they wanted to. See, it's interesting that you say that, Chrissy, because I didn't think the animation was all that far out and different. I mean, there were a couple of shots in uh, Reign of Terror that I know that we all complained about, but I think... 
I, I see the complaint more in Reign of Terror than this. I, I think that's more just the stylized animation of Reign of Terror, that because they were doing... They, they, I think they probably stuck a little too closely to what the shooting script may have called for, because Reign of Terror and a lot of the Hartnell stuff has a lot of close-ups. Yeah. In fact, that's something uh, that... Uh, um, the the pixel who uh, animator yeah, complained yeah. about there's no feet you know uh, in any of this because it's all shot from here up and so I think maybe seeing that animated brings that that out to the forefront more but with this one I still agree with you I still think the invasion in my mind is the best one um, animation wise but um, seeing this I I thought that this looked very much like it was kept in style I didn't notice anything um, out of the ordinary that I went. It, it still felt like 60s Doctor Who to me. Yeah, it did me too. So hmm. I, that's interesting that you picked up on that. Well, since we're already talking about the Ice Warriors, let's go ahead and talk about the Ice Warriors. We don't need synopsis. No, we're, we're, not no actually, synopsis. we're not reviewing this proper. We're actually talking about the animation because we have reviewed this on the show. So. Unless anybody wants to change their opinion of the story. Well, I, I certainly think that that's acceptable <laughs> if there are uh, maybe things that came to you this time that didn't come in last night or last night. Last time's discussion, certainly I think we can bring that up, but I think the focus we were going to try to do was yeah. on the animation of this because the last time we saw this, we saw it with the VHS, um, uh, what do they call them? Not cut scenes, but... Um, links. 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 links and linking, linking narration. Yeah, and so... Um, and we, I think when we talked about that, just as, as a recap, we actually liked the way that they put that together well with done. two and three and how well it was done. And, and it was kind well, of stylized. They, they pretty much cut the story down to half, right. too. They and made I'm, it look like lost transmissions that uh, conveyed the the, yeah. st- the parts that we were missing. And so I am glad that they included that on the DVD. I was yeah. very happy was to see too. that it was still in there. As far as the animation goes, you guys talked a little bit about it. I I could see it, it, it was much more. I've, this is my second viewing of it with the animation. Um, because when I first picked it up, I watched it immediately with the animation to see what they'd done with it. Because I was so disappointed with Reign of Terror as far as the animation goes because I agree with Chrissy in this sense that they tried too hard to make it very stylized and different and give it a, a, a feel that did really took it away from how classic Doctor Who feels to me as far as how it's done. And I think when animators come in, as much as they want to wow you with their animation, I think they need to for the sake of preserving the atmosphere and feeling of the story, they really have to reel themselves back. And Keith's right, the the, anim, uh, the animation uh, documentary on this does talk about how they wanted to do a lot more with it, but realized that they really need to reel themselves back and stay with it. I have to watch the, that. I didn't get to stay that with the, uh, So I think my problem with it is the first time I watched this, it... I just didn't like the style of animation, and it wasn't until this time that I sort of realized they were going for a Cosgrove Hall feel, which well, I one think of the guys worked, who worked on it, worked, which worked. really worked really well. Cosgrove Hall's version of the, the invasion, because they stuck with they they tried to be as true to how it would have been shot and presented in the original format. Cosgrove Hall went with a very very simplistic, yeah animation style and they did that because they also were doing that long before with the uh web stories and the reason they did the web stories that way is because back when they were doing the the web uh webisodes uh scream of the shulk is them and wasn't there the redo one? of shada uh, wasn't that them that was them yeah, yeah. and yeah, because because yeah. they were doing that because when those were being 
uh, presented on the web, you had to have a very limited movement. Very because, basic. You know, it had to be very basic because of, of uh, constraints and bandwidth as far as you know, downloading and playing. They were a much smaller window, and we all remember the days of dial-up modems. <laughs> and so they kept that, and I think it really worked for the invasion. These guys, and I don't even remember their names now, and I've watched, I've watched the documentary again, and I still can't remember their names or company. Anyway, these guys really felt like they made an attempt to do the Cosgrove Hall. And as Keith said, one of the animators was specific to, we, should, we need to do it. We, we enjoyed their presentation and stick with that. Well, and I think he had worked on the invasion. I think the problem that I have with that is now what they've done is in order to knock these out quickly, I think what we've done is we, we do a lot of this animation in, in a computer. We've, they've been doing that for mm-hmm. years. They use computers to animate. Querios Entertainment. Thank you, Querios. So what Querios did is they used their modeling on their computer in such a way that they just they felt too... They, they tried to give the character some movement, but in doing so, because you're animating it quickly, and so you're, you're essentially just moving points on a computer... On, on a computer screen so that, you know, an arm would move here naturally or, or spring here. They looked like, and I remember these from when I was a kid, you could get these cardboard cut out. They were like paper <laughs> dolls. Yeah. And for the arms and the legs, they had brads there where they would pivot on a hinge. Yeah. And that's what, and in fact, the Halloween decorations, I think we had a, oh, um, yeah. a skeleton yeah. that does that. And you can position the hands. I think I still have that. And you could position the hands in such a way so they had his arms up, his arms down. Unfortunately, it doesn't come across in an animation very well. And even even with the attempt of adding the blinking of eyes and the movement of heads and some of the 3D moving that they did. Heads. I was impressed by that aspect. That worked, but when you have these very stoic movement of arms, it really just kind of bothered me. I would almost rather them, like Cosgrove Hall did, have very limited movement of their extremities. Yeah. Because a lot of times they would just kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of just bounce over kind to here. Kermity. Bounce over there. Yeah. And so that seemed to work really well, this simple, stylized animation. And Cosgrove Hall, or this group, I'm sorry, was trying to take that just a step further. And I think that's where they fail. Well, I, I agree to some aspect. I think part of why they failed was on, in the behind the scenes, they talk about how they basically broke up each character individual, individual parts, and then you can control each of those parts. Right. So they essentially did make Brad characters. Yeah. And so. That obviously didn't work. And the other aspect that I didn't like, unlike Cosgrove Hall, which animated the backgrounds, they did CG animated backgrounds based off of the pictures more, and off more of photorealistic. Backgrounds. Yeah, and it just doesn't work with that style of animation for me. It takes me. It it makes I could deal with the kind of stiffer movements if the rest of the atmosphere around them is kind of the same sort of thing. But when you got, they made it feel more like stick puppets with the Brad arms. By giving that textured by giving that depth background. of background. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem yeah, I had with it true. more than how they designed the characters. Yeah. It's like putting a 2D image in front of a 3D image. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, okay, it works, but it doesn't now look that, that great. That being said, since I watched this with the animations before, I have watched some of the fan-made stuff that, that they used off-the-shelf software, which is in vain very similar to this style of movement. Mm-hmm. And while I put myself in my in the mind frame of these are fans doing very limited things with um, off the shelf software, I'm kind of wowed by that because then you've set the bar a lot lower for them, but you've set the bar higher for 
a professional company. Exactly. And so going back to this now, I didn't have as much problem with it this time, having now seen some of that fan animated stuff. But it's still, it's just, it's so far below any of the animation. I even liked Reign of Terror better than this. I liked that they mm-hmm. went back to the 3D style, or the uh, not the uh, the flat stylizing that they did with um, um, Cosgrove Hall did with the invasion. But I still think that the animation, if you're going to go with more of that stylized 3D movement, give it a little more 3D look, as they did with Reina, the group did with Reina Tear. See, I think, um, I, I, I think the animation and in Invasion is wonderful and fantastic, and it's the first of its kind for Doctor Who. I think it peaks with Moonbase for me, because it's a blend of all of these different styles. Moonbase, I think, works is the second best. Really yeah, well, I would agree. It, it inc- incorporates the 3D aspect in a way where it doesn't look weird. There are still animated backgrounds. You, it just everything for that to me works more than Moonbase <laughs> took what they got right well, in. The story helps too. Moonbase took part what of they why got... I don't like the animation in Reign of Terror is the story. Well, part of what they got right in Reign of Terror they improved upon for yeah. Moonbase, and yeah. so that's that's why Moonbase to me because it's the same company. I think this is a different one still. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you guys can you know, maybe. It's because I'm 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 so well represented with this style of animation. Well, you watch through, this, this is kind of like Archer, right? Well, through Hanna Barbera, and it's kind of like Archer, and no. and um, no Hanna Barbera or no, no Archer. No, maybe like Sea Lab, but or not Sea Lab. Whatever their knockoff. Sea Lab's the new knockoff of Sea Lab Twenty Twenty One. Yeah, you're comparing it to like the. Space Ghost Coast to Coast parody type stuff. And the things no, I'm, that they com- were doing. I'm, I'm comparing it to legitimate Hammer Bear like Johnny Quest. Now, see, that was very much like Cosgrove Hall did. Yes. Not this. Well, you, you look at Cosgrove Hall, and for me, Cosgrove Hall is right out of the Johnny Quest or the animated Star Trek, you know, where it's – you can tell that it's animation on a budget. But it's done in such a way because of the way it's stylized, I didn't you, – you don't care. Agreed. You know, the, the fact that it's a lot of talking heads – and then the characters move, and things only move when they need to. I mean, kind of like yep. the animated Planet of the Apes. You know, Kirk stands like this a lot mm-hmm. in all those that whole series. That's how he does. And then occasionally he runs this way. And you, you just it's it's just enough to carry you over, and your mind kind of fills in the rest of the gap. Yeah, sure, Cosgrove sure. Hall stuff feels very much like that. Agreed. I agree with you. This there. one, I think, really similar. As even even with the Brads, it's like they did that same stuff. It was a little more fluid, but it it wasn't a, it was for a lot me, more fluid. That it was wasn't a, a striking difference. Now I agree the three D painted backgrounds were a little out of place, but part of that I can chalk up to the fact that we've only got realistically we've got two locations. We've got inside the base and we've got outside the base. <laughs> the outside of the base it doesn't matter where you're at. It's all ice. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, there's the ice warrior ship and there's caves and stuff like that. But uh, you don't really see much of that. Right. So it's ice. Inside the gaze, the base is this weird house with art and, you know, Venus de Milo statues at the end of the hallway and stuff. So, and, and that hallway, that one corridor really is a good chunk of... <laughs> and that one corridor looked just like the one from it, in, and it in did. Any of the it, world. It, 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 well, and it, it looked really good. It looked just like the one in the episode because there were parts of it, even in the live action, the, the way everything's with that forced perspective... That it almost looked fake. It almost looked like it was a painting or something that was a backdrop. And then they kind of walked in from down here, and I went, oh, <laughs> this is a real thing. Okay. So 
I didn't really have a problem with that either because it, it kind of felt, I don't know what it was, but that, that corridor in particular, the forced perspective on it, it felt flat to me. And so putting the 2D on top of that was just like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's still, it's, it looks just like it does in the, in the, in the series. Um, but you know, that's my two cents. I, I agree. I think they're a little more fluid. I, the, the Brad's is a really, really good, um, analogy for yeah. th- that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, I, it, it's better than when you had the skeleton with the Brad's and he got really loose after <laughs> five or six years and he's, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. could kind of pose him and then he would just kind of droop and right, swing right. around on his own. And sometimes See, I would, much, would, I would much rather, around. I would much rather have the look they tried to accomplish Without that fluid movement, like they did, that's what I can. I think the Hanna Barbera style of animation on budget suits Doctor Who very much. Yeah, animating it. I think that's the style to shoot for, and I think that's what Cosgrove Hall did. And so, that to me, I mean, unfortunately, when the the first thing you see animated is always the thing you're going to compare everything to, even if it wasn't <laughs> yeah. the best, it's still going to be what you compare everything to. And so, unfortunately, unfortunately, Cosgrove bar- Hall was so good that they really set the bar high, really high. For us, anyway. I'm sure there are other people that completely disagree yeah. and think mm-hmm. the Reign of Terror is the peak of Doctor Animation. It's been downhill since then. But And until last night, I was going to come to this podcast and say, I would much rather, though, watch things animated than watch them with the Telesnap recons. Oh, I still would. And here's the only reason. I did one other thing this week. <laughs> I watched The Mythmakers, which is the one where they leave Vicky and pick up Katarina. And I watched the full loose cannon reconstruction of that. And you know me, I would rather listen to the audios with the linking narration than watch a recon. That's just, that's like my lowest always on the list. But having, after watched the animation, I thought I'm going to give a recon try just as a comparison. So I picked the myth makers because it's only four stories or four episodes. And I actually, I only expected to watch the first episode. And I, I was so compelled. And I think part of that is because the, the story of the Mythmakers, and I'm not going to go into a huge review here, but it's it's quite different than anything in the first Doctor era. And I'm, I'm excited now to get to it so I can get your guys' impression on it. But it's quite a different story. And so that might have kind of painted a little bit of my – It can make a difference. But I, I really watched this, seeing the same snaps over and over and over again, and still thought, I almost like this better than what I saw in uh, – Ice Warriors. Now, I don't like it better than what I saw Cosmo, Cosgrove Hall doing, and I don't even think I, I mean, I definitely didn't like it better than what I saw in Reina Terran and, um, uh, or I'm sorry, definitely better with Cosgrove Hall, and even so with uh, Reign of Terror and uh, the, the Moon Base. I, I still liked those animations better, but I really actually quite enjoyed the Telesnap version better <laughs> than this, and so it was one of those moments of. See, I, I don't, don't know. I think that. I've got to have the right animation company doing it because see, I think it's uh, having not gone and watched a telesnap afterwards. I think I would still rather have the animation. That being said, but it's only the, this. The, the, one. The, it's only this one. That's why I say I'm very skeptical now of jumping around and taking different animation companies to do the different stories. I'd rather them settle on somebody. Ideally, for me, it's Cosgrove Hall, but that's not going to happen because <laughs> they don't exist. But. Ideally, for me, I think they need to land on one so that there's some consistency now, and not somebody yeah. trying to do something different do. or something they better or something different. Finding, you know, they just need to find a consistency. The only so reason that I, I am happy to, to see them in, around, so is... that I am continued to, to enjoy them animated over the telesnaps, and not go, 
Wow. Okay, the telesnaps are even better than this one because I didn't like this company's version. The the only reason in my mind that they should be skipping around at this point, because I think I think that at this point they they should have had a, a fairly wide variety of what is available to them. I mean, we've got what six stories now with animation. This is the moon base, uh, tenth planet. I think of four. Oh yeah, for the invasion, Reign of Terror. Oh, Tenth Planet did have animation. Yeah, the last yeah, second. It was yeah. kind so of Ice it, Warriors. Tenth Planet so was five. kind of a scaled back version of Reign of Terror. Well, and and the the, the, the yeah, you're right. But the thing is, with Tenth Planet, it's only one episode as yeah. opposed to everything yeah, else has at least true. two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so we, we've got five complete stories yes. that have animation in them now. So that that's a fairly decent sampling, I would think, of what is available and what can be done. The only reason that you should be skipping around at this point is to go, okay, you guys are going to get episodes 5, 10, 19, 37, and 42. You guys get 15, 16, 14, and 19, you know, and, and everybody's working on it at the same time so that we can get the stuff out. You, that, you, share you mean the story load. number, not yeah. episode. You wouldn't want several animation teams no, 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 working yeah, on no, one no, story. Yeah, you get... You get this story, you get this story, right. you get this story. Yeah. 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 Farm it out and let everybody work on different serials yeah, at the, the same, same time. I would I would rather charge. I would rather have one company working on it well and wait than say have five No, I things. agree. I agree, but that's have the only five, reason that you should still be farming yeah, it out at this but point. But having five companies doing five different stories and then me going, Well, this is so much different than this and then you've suddenly gone against what I think they need to be doing ultimately and trying to preserve this in the most I mean, we, we've, we're missing these episodes, so let's make it as close to what we would have got on screen as possible. When you've got five different people having a vision on how they feel it should be done, I think you're going to miss the mark. So, well, There's a certain amount of that that I can say that yes and no to. Uh, obviously, each director for each episode is going to bring a different flavor, a different feel, a different tone, a different quality to it. Um, you know, Yes, it's all still Doctor Who. But everybody's got a slightly different vision. Even the showrunners. I mean, we talk about the gothic ears and this, that, and the other thing. But it's 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 still there's a, there's a visual paintbrush there that they're using to tell that story Agreed. within this universe. But I, I'm not so saying I don't to, have as I'm big not a saying to make everything that. be the same. But I think that you need one crew that goes in there and say, "This is the vision they were reaching for here. This is the vision we're going to emulate." This is well, the especially since they, they have were, the telesnaps. They should just yeah, be, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. So. No, See, I, I, I still I still disagree with that because I think then if you have five or let's say even three different animation companies working on stuff, there's they're going to interpret things there's there's one more degree of separation from what they see the director doing. Whereas you keep one animation company here that can come in with a a style their own style that they're gonna continue to use, but then tweak it based on what that director saw in that particular story. I think you're going to have more consistency in that way than you are if you had another company come in and go, yeah. well, I look at it a little different than these guys did, and I'm going to take it this direction because I think the director was looking at this here. I think you start to, I think you start to have too many, too many shifts. Too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. yeah. No, like I said, I agree with you. I would much rather that, that we pick one, preferably Cosgrove Hall, um, although that's not going to happen, but, you know, and, and just do them, but... I'm not sure what BBC's plan is at this point. <laughs> I think part of my dislike for the animation also is we, when we watched it, it was with the linking. And honestly, I think I preferred the linking because it shortened down the story. And that, those two episodes felt like there was quite a bit of padding. Story-wise, those two episodes kind of fall down for me a little bit. 
And so, therefore, it also is reflected in the animation because I'm sitting here watching not the best animation and not the best story parts. You can see that, too. Yeah. I thought about that because I, I, I was just really, really impressed with the, wing, the linking narration worked on this. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was, it was so impressive that that's how they chose to handle that, and what a cool idea and way to make it work, and still feel like it was canon, you know, within the confines of the story. Even though you're telling me Victoria went and did this, but you've given me just enough of you know the brain setup of oh, you might get some limited feedback here or uh, some uh, you know visual acuity because of this, and you worked that into the story of it, and it's like yeah, okay, cool, and you know my brain just ran with it. So going from that to the animation, yeah, I can see where it's almost a little bit of a letdown. I I'm still would rather watch animation all day, every day, than telesnaps. But I did really like the way this particular one was done. But I thought about what you said with, well, they really condensed it down. Because even at the beginning of the of the uh, the linking narration, it comes up and says two and three. Yeah. Let, yeah. Letting yeah. you know right off the bat, we're going to run right. through this. And it's only about 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there were moments that I really felt like um, I can't remember his name, but the scientist who who leaves uh, and is you know gone off to become a scavenger. Um, I felt that his arc really enhanced with the animation that we spent more time with him than what we got in. in you know, oh, he was yeah. almost, not quite excised, but they, they kind of determined no, that I that agree. wasn't that, really yeah, terribly I, I, I important. Do remember his story was fleshed out a little His story was fleshed out a lot more, and I think it made him a more interesting character later on for, for you know, given some things that were happening. I uh, I thought um, the uh, the head guy, I can't remember any of the guy's name. Clint. Clint. Uh, Leader Clint. That um, even he was fleshed out a little bit more, and just that some of his interactions with the doctor, being able to witness these conversations play out, didn't paint him into such a negative light as I initially took away with it. And so that was something for me that the animation really brought to this by fleshing it out. No, I still agree with it. Yeah, there's some padding here. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, it's a six episode Doctor Who story that probably doesn't need six, but um, on the whole, I thought you know, I, I didn't take much away. I still, I don't, I really don't get where you don't like this animation though. That you like Reign of Terror better. I really don't get that. I don't that. see that part. I don't see that at all. Well, but. I think the only thing that it's it's barely better, but it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing I I think is because they went, they didn't try to do this the Cosgrove Hall style. They, they went with a different, different. They went with something different. So the, the 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 choices they made worked with their vision, the way that they stylized it. Whereas by mimicking Cosmo, Cosgrove Hall and then making it very un-Cosgrove Hall by making the movements be more fluid, it that's where the strike comes. And so Reign of Terror, I, I still wouldn't raise it up very high as far as the animated – it's still very near the very bottom. I mean this it would be Ice Warriors at the very bottom and then Reign of Terror slightly above it. And then as Keith pointed out uh, – um, tenth planet. Tenth planet. Tenth, no, did they do Tenth Planet? Or did they do um, Moonbase. I can't find the name of the company. I who can't did remember who did Moonbase. Moonbase. No. But who? I mean, maybe I'm thinking of Tenth Planet. But anyway, it's a different. Everything company. that they did, that they did on their next project, they took all of the good things about what they did and improved it. And I think they made the style was more was simpler, but the things that they made work with the the movements and the the as Chrissy pointed out when we reviewed. Reign of Terror, the 
uncanny valleyness of it. They fixed that. It it it, it worked better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Reign of Terror, the animated parts are back to back, right? Yeah, I believe they were. Yeah, yeah. and here they're back to back. The invasion, they're not. It's like two and four animated, isn't it? I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. And obviously, there's only the one tenth planet, and the moon base is two moon and four. Base is back. It's no, one and back. three. Oh, it is three. one and three. You're right. Starts out animated, goes live action, and goes back. To is animation. it possible that that, in and of itself, is coloring our perceptions a little bit? It could that, be. That maybe the it ones be. that are where it's all lumped together are not getting as favorable a review because would you're dealing think, with it for a long time. I would think it would be the opposite. Yeah, I would think it would be the opposite Because well. by the episode two, I'd gotten used to the animation and kind of could ignore it and pay more attention to the story. Yeah, I would agree with mm-hmm. Keith's assessment on that. Because I do. By the time the third story rolls around on this one, I'm actually not as bothered by it. Yeah. I've gotten used to that. And it was the same way with Rain of Terror. I didn't like it, but I got used to it and could yeah. pay more attention to the story. I would agree. And like, and, and this time on second viewing, it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as, I mean, because I, I had already gotten used to it by watching it once, seeing it a second time, knowing what I was going into, the animation was didn't stick out like a sore thumb as much as it did the first time. You guys, I, I came that week after I watched it and went, oh, this is terrible. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. rating it. This time I don't have as many and bad into things this, to say. Knowing that this has been on the yeah, schedule, I kept been going, like, "Oh, we're going to watch that." <laughs> but now, yeah, now having watched it again, it's 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 uh, my impression of it is kind of settled a little bit. It's not as I'm not as. Hmm. But but then last night I kind of ruined that by watching the telestap and going, "Yeah, no, the animation is still that bad." <laughs> because the telestap was even better. I, again, I think Mythmakers. I'm not going to say it's a good story. I'm not going to say it's a good story. It's such a different turn for Doctor Who that I think that might be painting my perception of it. I was so engaged with what was going on that telestaps didn't bother. Myth is that one that's on the Lost in Time box? Do you no, there's none of those exist. No, none I mean, of those exist. Okay, yeah, because the Lost in Time is yeah. only complete. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't see it. That was that was one of my things. Is I wanted to pick one that I was gonna knew I was gonna watch telestaps from beginning to end. Yeah. I wouldn't have a chance yeah. to see any live action because I didn't want to. Taint Marco Polo. <laughs> um, well, I ne- I didn't even watch. See, you guys watch Marco Polo, which is even an abbreviated version of that. Yeah, yeah it's only what half an hour. I I listen seven parts down to a half. An I, I listen to the BBC audio with the linking narration, so I've never actually seen. I mean, I've I've seen pictures of it online, but I didn't watch that one. I used my mind's eye for that one. So, yeah. um, although a better experiment would be to maybe go and watch this story with actual telesnaps and linking narration yeah. for the missing episodes. Yeah, that's true. Not even the link, not even what they provided, a right, loose right. cannons version would be a better experiment to right. see it, which you like better. It's mm. one of the things we've kind of run into difficulty with is trying to figure out how we're going to put some of these missing ones on the, the schedule and do it in such a way that they're... Do the stories justice. Do the story just justice. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the thing is there are so many different fan constructions out there but I think we almost need to stick with one team yeah. and just review those yeah. because there are so many variations on re- – because they've been, they've been doing reconstruction since the 1980s. And they're, even Loose Cannon have, have revamped a lot of the constructions that they did in the you know late 80s and early 90s have had a re-up in the last 10 years. So they've even improved upon what they've done in the past. So I think when it comes down to it, we need to just pick one company and say this is what we're going to look at and try to – Focus more on the story than on one, how the how the reconstruction was 
devised because there's so many varying variations on reconstruction. Yeah. We'll de- deliberate that and get back to you guys <laughs> on that one. So should we move on to suggestions? Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. Um, no. If uh, <laughs> Glenn wants to go with loose cannons, yeah, I, <laughs> I can tell you where that is going to go right away. So, all right. So let's move on to our. Yeah. <laughs> so should we move on to the big finish audio? Red Dawn, Ares 1, NASA's first manned mission to the dead planet Mars. But is Mars as dead as it seems? While the NASA team investigate an anomaly on the planet's surface, the Doctor and Perry find themselves inside a strange alien building. What is its purpose? And what is frozen inside the blocks of ice that guard the doorways? If the Doctor has a sense of deja vu, it's because he's about to meet some old adversaries, as well as some new ones. Dun, dun, dun. Glenn didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, not, it doesn't deserve a large dun, dun, dun. But I think that was a You know me, one. I only dun, dun, dun if it was really, really good. So you can't judge my opinion <laughs> on it based on whether I do a dun, dun, dun or not. I can judge you on everything. <laughs> Glenn didn't like you it. could judge me, just not accurately. Uh, this I is, thought this was a good one. I, I really enjoyed I, this I, one. For, for, for being an early it's a fifth yeah, doctor. very well, strong early. That, 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 that alone. If, See, if you have to – now, that's just <laughs> it now. You're, you're hitting exactly on my problem with this is when you have to say, well, for an early one, this was good. But There's you, automatically something to there because – that's our that's our detriment to having saved this one is now we have heard some really good big, big finish and we've heard big finish in its beyond its infancy now it's found its feet it's doing some really good stories and it's really all of the doctors are, are comfortable now back in their roles back in those shoes that they're filling once again and we've had some intriguing and interesting turns on, while still big finish making it feel like classic doctor who taking some chances and and going outside the box. And then we slide all the way back and review this one back to the early days where Big Finish was just trying to find its feet and it was in its infancy and was putting things together. And so I was already tainted by that idea that I've heard some really good Big Finish now where they're finally getting it right and we've slipped back into an old story. See, I, so, I, I made sure not to let that color my perspective. Oh, I, you, you can't not. In fact, I think you he, can. He is no. I was. You I think just no. Well, you no, just no, proved you my not, point. You did not allow me to I finish. Proved, you proved you my point by starting with for being one of the old. Automatically, for one of, for you, being you had one of the fifth Doctor stories. You said if you early. Go back, if you go back and look at the fifth early. Doctor stories, all right. Yeah. We've got Phantasmagoria, eh. Land of the Dead, eh. Red Dawn, which is pretty good. Winner for the Adept, eh? And then um, have we done Mutant Fate? We did use Mutant, did Phase, Mutant Fate, which was that one was also pretty good. But just in that grouping, just picking five of the Fifth Doctor's phones, you've got a, you know more misses than hits. Uh, I agree now, yes, with it, you there, if, if but you, you've if you already that but scope, you've already put it into the contents of. Even if you say five Doctors, if, if or you, early five, if doctors. you widen that scope to include other early big finish let's say top let's say the first 15 of them you know then you're also working in uh whispers of terror which i don't remember that one with the sixth doctor in the museum that one was okay it was okay uh the fear monger which i don't think you liked the marion conspiracy which was pretty good i did like uh genocide machine which you didn't like but i did 
Spectre no, I think I like. I think I like this. It was with the Daleks, right? It was yeah. one of the Dalek Empires. Yeah, I yeah. like that one. It's uh, a Dalek. Sorry. Fires of Vulcan. <laughs> Which was really good. Holy Terror and Shadow of the Scourge. See, that's, we haven't that's, done that one that's, yeah, that's, See, when, I, they, that's I would, when they really I would say this would probably be the, the, the beginning of the upward slope. Here's the thing, though. Sean, this is why I'm, I'm saying that this is why this colors it for us, is the fact that we... Had I listened to this back when we were doing early Fifth Doctors, I'd have been much more impressed by this. Because not even comparing it to his stuff, because I would have gone, ooh, this was a really good one. And then, yes, when we came along to the next one, I would have gone, oh, they really missed the mark here. Fifth Doctor didn't feel as well. We, we slid, it, slid it back after everything as a whole, and I went back to this one going, and I'll, t- I'll say this right now, this is the best fifth Doctor story in his early runs, with the exception of spare parts. This is the best one. I, I enjoyed five in this one. It really felt like five. The problem is the story had so many of those other elements that Big Finish was still finding its feet that now I can't say this was a great story, whereas if we'd listened to this back in the early run, I probably would have gone, hey, I really enjoyed this, and I probably would have done, done, done it. But we have slipped it back, and now I'm having subconsciously or consciously compared it to what we've already listened I don't, to. I don't think that's a fair comparison because I think by that same argument, you could say that, uh, oh, watching uh, Keys of Marinus is not a very good Doctor Who story in comparison with, uh, well, when they get their feet underneath them with, uh, you know, Horror Fang Rock. And it's like, you're talking, you know, apples and oranges with the, you know, just because it's early doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't no, automatically no, no, I'm not mean it's bad. That- but here's the thing is, I think the production quality of Keys of Marinus suffers when you compare it to Horror Fame Rock. So, yeah, it does apply. <laughs> it completely applies. So I would have, I would have much enjoyed this. I can, I can tell you right now, I would have thought this was a, a stellar story had I not had so much big finish since then. Okay. I don't know if I would have gone stellar. It was enjoyable. And I, I tried to listen to it from an a mindset of this is very early Fifth Doctor. See, so you've I've, already you've already but, painted. No, you've but already, I've, I've you've limited already, my. So you have now you have now proved what I said at the beginning as well by saying for an early or I went into this realizing this was an early. It doesn't change your opinion of the story as far as how good of a story it was. But I do that with every Doctor. But you've every already, story. well, but absolutely we, we, every story I go into it with. This is the '60s. Okay, yes. I know what to expect. I can, I can You're, set my guidance yes, here. I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not arguing against that high. because we've already done that with you with with the classic stories. We've already done that to you, and so you're you're suffering that as I'm doing now with Big Finish. But my point is, you can't say that I'm wrong. <laughs> you can't say that I'm wrong when you just basically qualified the statement as to why I think I didn't say you I were wrong. Like I said Glenn didn't like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Earlier you said no. I don't think you can do that. I, yes, I can do that. Uh, this I, is why. Maybe you can do that. I, I you know, I, I'm, even, I'm not saying you guys did not quali- enjoy this story. I think you both did, and I think you guys got out of it what I wish I would have got it had I watched it. I think or you had to listen to it two years ago. What it would have been two years ago. I probably would have. I, 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 I would think agree now with you that. Have too high I, w- I would agree with that. And I have higher I expectations for things we have going forward in Big Finish than I do now retroactively. And that's why now I'm I'm actually 
I'm actually second guessing this whole experiment that we've done with you and going back and watching. No, I really am. And it it it, it came along with the uh, what was the last time I brought that up? They said I think we're really doing a detriment to him because now I'm in that position where I'm want, I'm listening to things retroactively, and it might have been big finish in the first place when we were talking about it. But anyway, yeah. Now I, I I'm experiencing with those tiny things that we do. I'm experiencing what we've been putting you through for three years. And I think, and I, I mean, I, I never watched linearly Doctor Who with the exception of from four on. I did, yeah. for the most part, watch that linearly. But uh, three, two, and one, I've watched, you know, obviously the way you're experiencing mm. them. But I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm kind of upset with myself that we've done this to you, but you're getting it purely. I, I at least have two versions. I have one way I've watched. <laughs> Doctor Who this way, and another way I've listened to Doctor Who this way. Yeah. You're getting it all the same way, so maybe you're just adapted to it now. So, and maybe it was just this is nothing. This is nothing. <laughs> maybe maybe it was just that we knew I knew it was an early story, so I set the bar low. Yeah. See, I didn't want. I don't yeah, want to have I, to do that. What I'm. What I'm. Well, but then again, I, the last several do Doctor stories, I set the bar low because a lot of them have not been very good. Well, I, I, agree, what, with what, I agree with you there. So I, I go into it with what I know and adjust my expectation. Okay, accordingly. and that's probably allow, the allow proper me, way to do it. Hang on. Allow me to rephrase my, my, my myself. <laughs> I did not mean for an early big finish because that's not where I was going oh, okay. with this at all. Well, if you're I just change that. Yes. No, I just meant that because I don't see it. I really don't. You've brought it up more than once about Big Finish finding their footing. I think they have good stories and bad stories. We can blame some of the bad ones on, well, maybe they're finding their footing, but we honestly don't know. It's uh, true. L- listening to the interview with, with Nick Briggs, it kind of, to me, sounded like they knew what they wanted to do right out of the gate. And you, know, you, you have stories that work and some that aren't so great. That's, that's just, you have a talent. Yeah, that's just well, and a lot of that. And a lot of that, I can see a lot of that comes down to story. I just meant from the standpoint that when when I said early, I I meant compared to ones we've listened to earlier. Not not necessarily early big finish, but just other ones that we've. I I mean, I certainly you can go to a later story that we've listened to, and I'm going to go. I liked this one better than that one. Because I thought it was an entertaining story. It, this one did for me what I want Big Finish to do. Let me, it told an entertaining story. It kept me entertained. Uh, you know, it was exciting. The characters were there. Right on. And he stayed okay, true let to me, the stay true to us. Yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let me quickly stay review true. this, and I'll show you why I have problems with it, and you guys don't. Okay, go for okay? it. Okay, because I'm going to be fair. It's a pretty <laughs> good story. It's interesting. It's compelling. It goes along those lines of discovery not necessarily based on our siege. It kind of paints that hole. We think that the Ice Warriors are going to be the bad guys. And then, as somebody alluded to, it's more like cold uh, cold hungry blood earth. and uh, hungry, earth. hungry earth. It is like that. It's it's You expect one thing and you try to, you know, you get another thing. And the bad guy ends up being one of the guys on the ship, the greedy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, archaeologist. <laughs> that whole twist, I did not see it was, coming. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Here's the problems that I have with the story is the... Acting is very stoic. There's not a lot of energy in anybody. The best thing of this story is the fifth doctor, who I think really, really put some work into this, mm-hmm. and I really felt it. Perry gets a bit sidelined. There's no, there's nothing to... Now, this is back to story, but Perry gets nothing to do in this except for exposition and be a hostage. Yeah. And 
the audio quality really suffers. That was the biggest thing for me is that now part of it is because they're in spacesuits a lot. So they, they were <laughs> emulating that, which that worked. But then when we were in the caves, it was far too echoey. The The audio wasn't as good. They have obviously have better audio equipment now that they're recording these. And, in fact, I went back and sampled a little bit of um, <coughs> Sword of Orion and was the very first one with the three of them. Uh, oh, um. I just had that up. Sirens of Time. Sirens of Time. I just went back and played a little bit of them and realized that, oh, that's what I was noticing was the audio quality isn't as good. And unfortunately, that took me out of the story. Now, had I listened to these two years ago when all of them were that way, that wouldn't have taken me out of the okay, story. Okay, I can, I can give I can you that. that. So that's that, what I'm I can saying. Give you that is a fair that's production what, value. That's what has tainted me on listening to this story now and trying to – and it, it's my own fault. It's my, it's a fault of my own, nothing that anybody else has done, nothing to the production, to the story because, as I've already said, it's a good story. And I had to struggle to focus on the story itself. That was the other thing is I, I didn't like uh, – what's his name that played Frobisher? Uh, we just had his mm. name up here. I thought he was so flat, and there was no emotion there. Robert Jezik. And then the um, the oh. commander of the Ice Warriors, I thought was the second best thing about this, but he the character seemed a little wishy washy. I wish he would have been a little more. Well, he he was kind of I'm in charge, and then the doctor shows up, and no, I'm not. Yeah, I mean there, there was <laughs> a lot of sidelined, so, and it's kind of so that's what? that's to detriment of the story, I suppose. But so that's the problem is I'm all over the place with this because of all of the ambient parts of it, and I can't just focus on the story, which I think two years ago I would have been able to just focus on the story, okay, and not get distracted by everything else. This was this Perry's first outing with the Doctor. This is Perry's first outing Big with Finish. the Doctor in Big Finish. See, they hadn't developed, they hadn't redeveloped that bond as far and as acting goes. Up on the space yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, that's my problem. It's with also it. the one that's set right after. Um, chronologically, this would be right after Planet, Planet of, of Fire. Fire. Yes. So it's it's very everything with Perry has you know obviously her and Aramem is well after this right. at yeah. this point. Yeah. So. So that's that's Harry why as a character I, hasn't developed yet either. I, I hesitate to try to give this a, a good uh, not good review, uh, honest review as far as just the story because I was so taken out of it by everything else. So do you guys know that I'm not trying to tell you guys you're wrong and that it's a bad story. I'm just saying it's not. I'm not really being fair to the story in any well, way. Well, I think I think with Big Finish, I, mean, I, I guess I don't know. I can see it both ways. I agree with Keith that when you go into a Doctor Who story and we, we talk about production value, knowing that it's a 60 story, you kind of automatically have that mentality of, okay, this is where we're at. I never really thought about that in terms of Big Finish being audio, but I guess that's, I mean, it would be the equivalent of going back and listening to one of our shows from the early, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I didn't early either until like, yeah. this one because I think we stepped so far back this time. This was the first time we really stepped Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've, we've jumped around a little bit, but we've, now that we've kind of moved almost into the next block of 50, this is a definite early yeah. one for us. Um, there are things about big finish stories that we kind of, in my mind, have hit upon repeatedly, which is why is it always the uh, and the whispering kind of uh, well, you know, sound fair. effects? Ah, it's the ice warriors. You have to do yeah. that in this one. At least um, we have the leader who was obviously an ice leader or ice, uh, whatever they were called in Seeds of Death. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Instead of an ice warrior, instead which is why the, which was a nice that not all of the quote unquote aliens were whispering the entire time. 
Um, but you, when, you, when you couple that with spacesuits, with caves, it's kind of like, this is just, okay, yeah. you, you just have some bad script elements for an audio is, is kind of where I chalk that up to. But then I, I, I get over it and, and, and go on. But um, The thing is, though, you can still create that ambient sound, that cave echo, the helmet muffle. You can still create that, but bring the, the voices over a little richer so that they don't the seem so tinny and far back. Yeah. And I think that, that Big Finish discovered that later because there we do have locations where you're inside of an interior. And you still have that echo, and you still go, okay, I can tell they're inside of Cave because of that. But I can, I can, the voices are richer, and you can still – so, okay. again, that's, that's a production thing. So, I mean, it's – Early on, they had to figure this stuff out as they were going. And and I agree with you from Briggs' interview. They knew exactly what they were going to do. And I think they did that. I think Just they landed, how they were I think they they landed on that. Going. The thing is that okay. then they approved on the technique. Of how they, 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 they had the story down, the storytelling down, but then they improved on the technique as they went along. So. Okay. You've convinced me. That's a valid reason to be me. Um, and Keith, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In fair, the the only reason there was there was no there, there, there was valid reasons why we held this one. Not off. really. Well, other, I'd never seen Perry and the Fifth Doctor together when we got to this point. That, in that, Big that, that was that, that was, was the major one. reason. That was that was the major one. And then we decided we just wanted to pair it up with another Ice Warrior story. And some of the other ones that are coming up down the road in Big Finish are also ones that well you can't get to that building block until you get to this one, and we can't mm-hmm. do that one until this happens. So we, we we've got with our Big Finish listen, we've kind of got a, a little bit of a logger jam in some respects that we. We've got to get through a couple of these other ones before that opens back up. Right, right. Um, so kind of the animation with the Ice Warriors was like, oh, hey, this is a, a really good opportunity to pair these two together and actually do an Ice Warrior archive for, you know, <laughs> intents and purposes. You were talking about the, the hissing. The hissing didn't actually bother me in this one. But I think what – and I, I brought this up with the Daleks a long time ago, that grading Dalek. Yeah, grading. <laughs> the thing is once you strip away the visual, your mind only concentrates on one sense. Yeah. And so it's all coming in there, whereas when you pair it up with it, you don't notice it so much in the TV. You notice it, but you don't notice as much in a television episode because you're splitting the audio with the visual. So it, it, yeah. and so that's just going to be the nature yeah, of that's the nature of the yeah. So I, I, I already go into that presupposing that I'm <laughs> I not going to let that bother yeah. me because yeah. I know that's going to be there. Whereas I did originally with the Daleks, but now I've – I kind of went in there expecting, myself. okay, it's ice wares. We're going to have a lot of hissing. And right, then was right. pleasantly surprised to find the ice leader yeah. and – Quick side note, coming now on the heels of having watched uh, oh, the submarine one, uh, the most recent Ice Warrior story that we got. Oh, uh, oh Cold War? Cold War. Cold yeah. War, thank you. Not Capaldi with uh, Smith. All of the talk in the Ice Warriors about we found this thing yeah. and it's a space <laughs> helmet, all of a sudden that was so much like, oh, yeah. how did I not notice that? Because it's very obvious they talk about it being a suit. And I was so blown away when we did Cold War. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a suit. Oh, my God. Mind blown. Blah, blah, blah. I said it from said day that. one. When you said that, though, we, Keith and I both brought up the fact that they have alluded to that. Yeah. I don't think we well, specifically said Ice Warriors, but we have no, alluded to that. It was more for Seeds of Death because it of was Seeds of Death. Yeah. 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 There too. But just from, from moment one, yeah, there's a guy in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that was one of those elements that I just think the, the, way over my head the first time. But the seeing blow, it this time was like, oh, wow. I think the blow your mind thing for me with Cold War and the Ice Warriors is the fact that it, even with a suit, I felt that it was still probably a, this bulky alien creature. 
Yeah. And I didn't expect this salamander-like thing yeah. to slither <laughs> yeah. across the room. And so that, to me, was the, oh, there's the revelation. Is wasn't so much that it was a suit. It was more of what's inside that suit. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of armor. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they're sacrificing mobility for, uh, <laughs> for, for defense, obviously. But I, I, I kind of got that moment here listening to this. I don't, I don't know why. There was just this added little sub-level of joy kind of running throughout the thing. Because it's like, I know what's in the suit. <laughs> I don't know why that excited me so much. But I just I was really like, yeah, cool, man. So there, there's your how new who has kind of colored my perceptions of all new for the week. Because that, to me, was the coolest thing ever. Um. I didn't think, you know, I, other than Perry not being developed and kind of stuck in, I'm going to use air quotes here, standard companion mode of, oh, you're going to get locked up, you're going to get lost, you're going to get this, you're going to be the damsel in distress for a large chunk of this. I, I was, in my mind, it was refreshing. Marshall. Marshall. That was what its title Marshall. was. It was oh. refreshing to hear her... I don't know, it's just more of that relationship because we get so little of it. Um, with with her and five on on television, you know, because we get Planet of Fire, and it's really oh, Grand Marshal Turlo's story. It's kind of split between the two of them, but it's really Turlo's story. And then Caves is you know goodbye Fivey. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's nice to be able to have that, and I've enjoyed her with Airman and this kind of sister thing that they've got going on. But just having these two together is kind of like, cool, you know. This this is this is nice. This is you know. So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to get into some more of the, you know, Fifth Doctor and Perry now and, uh, you know, open that up. It's nice to feel that hole. I'll say that right now. Yeah. I feel like we had this hole, especially since we've seen now Planet of Fire, and we've gone on to the Ehrman stories, as you said. It's nice to have that bridge now yeah. <laughs> complete. Well, for the most part. And really, I enjoyed the ride, but for the most part, it's kind of a cut-and-dry, fairly forward story of we show up there's an ulterior motive of one guy behind everything and it's a lot of misunderstandings and this one guy being a jerk it's kind of three's company kind of <laughs> it's, it's, it is a very standard it's, it's very standard and, and oh look this story. week's three's company there's going to be a misunderstanding <laughs> and they're going to resolve it at the end <laughs> you brought it back up now you can't cut any of that out <laughs> it's, it is a standard Doctor so it's, story. it's well, I enjoyed it in the initial, initially, and then I kind of, as the story progressed, I was kind of like, oh, just, could one of the ice warriors just kill the dude and get it over with? And they could finally just resolve this issue? <laughs> and I, I, I always get irritated by those characters every single time they're in the story. It doesn't matter what story it is. I always want to kill them off, and I understand the need for them to be there for the drama and for them to continue. But it's some, it's a trope that just kind of grates on my nerves a little bit. Based on that perspective, that makes this story feel more like classic Who to me, because yeah. it, it was yeah. uh, you yeah. know yeah. than even some of the Big Finish we've evolved into. Yeah, because like I said earlier, I think that Big Finish still has that, and I think they started out to do that to make these feel like they fit in with the classic series on television, and I think they continue to do that. But although I think the Eighth Doctor story is kind of moved into more of an era of the new series. But well, the Ace Doctor also is the most room to play with. Yes. yes. You know. yeah. But it that certainly makes it feel more like maybe that master plan they had going into this, that it did really feel like something we would have seen in, you know, season 
19, yeah. season 20. Um, talking about the, the, the standardized story structure and the, um, the, the, the trope of, of, of certain characters, that's one of the things that I kind of like that um, Justin Richards did is that, like the commander, we very easily could have had that guy. Oh, okay, yeah. we're, we're we're setting up for that showdown, and then we didn't get it. You just like no, we're we're we're, we're I'm not going to give yeah, that one to yeah. you. And I thought that was that was a nice touch for, for me. I thought that yeah. was kind of a refreshing. Oh, okay, we're not. That, that, those are the little things that when I come into a story like this, and it's like, oh, we're not going to get that. Surprise me, yeah. And Please I, you know, surprise yeah. me, yeah. And I, I agree with you. I understand for for driving the drama, the need to do that. Like, what was the the, the one on the planet with the commander that was all gung ho about? Yeah, we're gonna go kill everybody and everything. It's like, oh, you're that guy. Okay, yeah, here we yeah. go. And you just kind of get tired of them right away. Because um, they're they're for the most part one note. Yeah. Usually. Well, Kinda. <laughs> yeah. Kinda's one of those when we're like, oh, here's that one note. Until going. they made him insane. Yeah, and, and, they, and, like, and, oh, they, okay. and they did this. <laughs> so they pulled the rug out. Whoa, wait a minute. So, off that way. I really like the idea that it was uh, Tanya, right, was the one who was the hybrid. That was a really cool idea that I wish they would have fleshed out more and explored a bit more. Did you feel like that was one of those, why didn't I see that one coming, though? Yeah, you know what I mean? A it little was bit. Like, oh, well, that's like, it wasn't It wasn't like it was obvious. It wasn't no, like it telegraphed that. No, no. But when it, when it was revealed, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That totally yeah. makes sense. It, gives, you, it actually gave that guy more motivation at that point. Yeah. And that, that one note villain, it gave him a little more of an edge. It gave yeah. him more of a story, more of a reason. And so I was actually quite pleased was, with that. It was moment. once we got to that point where I was like, oh, okay, let's pick it up. It's pretty good now. <laughs> There was just a little dip, a little dip in the middle there. I was like, oh, we're just doing this. Okay. I swore you Jay, but whatever. I like, didn't realize until now that Georgia Moffat was Tanya. Oh, is that right? I didn't yeah. know that either. That's kind of neat. Acting opposite dad. Anybody uh, have any thoughts on the uh, Brookings report? <laughs> what a interesting idea this is. <laughs> I like it. Well, it made me, and I didn't. I should have went and did some research. It made me wonder if maybe there was some. Um, well, it was an actual House committee report, and one chapter was titled "Implications of Discovery of Extraterrestrial Life." Okay, so I wondered how much based in reality that had. It's uh, very much, if I under, if I understand correctly, very much it is an actual document now. Whether or not this particular interpretation of the contents of that right. document is real or not. They certainly took some creative license yeah, with that, it. That, that, that is uh, left uh, open to subjective uh, interpretation, I think. But, um, eh, like I said, I liked this one. But then again, I, th- now, okay, something I will agree with you on. This is also my second time through because I okay. listened to this one. That helps too, I suppose. Uh, early on in the run. And so this was coming back and, and having a revisit of it. Funny enough, I listened to I, – I really thought going into this one, it might have been one I had listened to back in, I think, when I started in 2007, 2008, before, long before we even went into this venture, I was doing some big finish. And I somehow I missed this one or skipped it at some point because there was a lot of them that I was listening to in the early days. And, I mean, they had even already been out for a while by the time I started listening to them. But they were still early in the in the run. And – it was one of those ones that I expected I, I would go back to and go, oh, yeah, okay, listen to this back in the, you know, what's that been? <laughs> Seven years ago now? Um, and thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll remember this. And went through it, the whole thing going, no, this is completely new to me. So 
I think what it was is I think as we were working our way through the, the, the stories at the time that I listened to it in preparation for putting it on the schedule. I was trying to get uh-huh. ahead of the game. <laughs> and then you'd made that comment. I don't want to listen to Perry unless I've seen her. And it was like, okay, that's a valid, you know, because you'd seen Perry. And I even told you that. Oh, you've seen Perry? And you're like, not, not with, with five. five. That's just oh. weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, of so course, I, I acquiesce I'm so to f- your desire. <laughs> now I'm so deep into everything that it wouldn't be weird to me now if another companion randomly showed up with the doctor. Oh, really? I think. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> We'll have to see if that happens. Got to get back to Charlie. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> apprehensive about that. But I like Charlie, so I want to know what happens. Um, one of the best parts of this, because I, I think uh, Commander Zal was the second best part of this. Agreed. Even though Agreed. I felt he, the character was a bit wishy-washy, I did like the sacrifice that he makes at the end. And the whole... Um, Underlying story of, of nobo- uh, nobility and well, I, trust. I liked and... how he was the one to to expound on the ideas of the nobility and trust in the Ice Warriors. That it's more than just brute strength. There is more yes. to these characters yes. than just being warriors, literally. Which which was a really nice depth and exploration to the species. Which sort of um, helps bridge the gap between... When you when you look, you paint the ice warriors in in the <laughs> ice warriors and um, seeds, of death. seeds of death. Yeah, and then we get to the Pelon adventures where the ice warriors are kind of good guys. Yeah, and you're so surprised, and, and the, the doctor is very surprised because of the fact that yeah. he's he's expecting them to be the bad guys. They're the villains. They're the ones who are doing bad things, and it really kind of nicely bridges that it really linear is. is linear. You know, uh, way of of looking at the ice warriors and realizing that it, it's always been that way. We've had some misguided ones on Earth. We've had some misguided direction on their part on these small groups or factions that have been on Earth. But you really, it almost bodes well for the version that we see once we get to the Peladon story. So yeah, it kind of bridges. It, that it really does idea. help. It it, it 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 instead of it being a complete night and day switch around now in retrospective it's more of a gradual move towards the yeah. Peladon ice, ice warriors. I keep oh, wanting to say ice monsters. Why do I do that? <laughs> ice, ice, warriors. ice warriors. It um it definitely is. Uh, and I like how little they called them ice warriors in this. Yeah. Since you know they're not they were they were in ice in the beginning, but that's it. And it was kind of something I noticed while watching uh, the ice warriors was how. It's kind of a nice fitting well, the description that, at first, and then the it just kind of sticks. It's, it's the guy that discovers them, that names them, and then later in Seeds of Death, they're calling themselves Ice Warriors, and even in Peladon, they're calling themselves yeah. Ice Warriors. And it's always been one of those Why? strange... You're a Martian! Okay. Martians. <laughs> <laughs> and but they, I think it's alluded to in this as well, is that... That was a wasn't that an Earth description? Didn't the, the, the Fifth Doctor allude to that? Yeah, he says a, something along the lines of... An Earth description or something, yeah. yeah. But they did a really good job balancing that yeah. that point. It's kind of like when they discovered that the Silurians would not have lived in, <laughs> in the era that they painted them in. So they said, well, they're really into scene. But <laughs> yeah. Whatever. But the Silurians... Didn't Continuity call be damned! <laughs> but but that's an instance of the Silurians didn't call themselves Silurians. They were just whatever they were, so... Well, the doctor even refrains from calling them Silurians. In yeah, those stories he calls them um, Homo Reptilian. I think yeah. is what he calls them. 
Amphibiopods. <laughs> Anything else on this one? I didn't mean to dampen this story for you guys because it just... I un- I came into an unfortunate situation with this one that I couldn't break myself on and focus enough on the story. And from what I can faithfully say about the story is that, yes, it, this is a good one. This in, I'm going to say it, in the early run of <laughs> stories in Big Finish, this is one of the uh, Fifth Doctor's strongest story and strongest performance. It's one that I, someone who's interested in listening to Big Finish and wanted some Fifth Doctor stories, I'd point them to this before a lot of the other before ones. Before Whispers of Terror and... A lot of the other ones. That was the Sixth Doctor, Luke actually. Luke Oh, yeah, it was uh, Sixth Doctor. Uh, Luke Garrow. Luke Garrow yeah. was a... Uh, a lot of the Fifth Doctor ones. Fifth Doctor. Whispers of Terror. No, not Whispers of Terror. <laughs> Wait, that's that. what I just... It's really a, not until Araman ah, that... Landing of the Dead. Phantasmagoria. Yeah. Well, Phantasmagoria even was... I mean, it's in. It's nearing 50 at that point, so... No, that's two. What am I confusing that with then? <laughs> oh, necromancy. That's what necromancy. I'm, I'm confusing that with. with ah, yeah, that one. Necromancy. Yeah, that one we didn't like either. We so. didn't like it, but I don't. Uh, oh, that's the one with the uh, army guy. That, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And, and we followed that one up right with that uh, Axis of Infinity or Axis of Axis which of I like. Evil. I enjoyed evil? that one. No, Axis, Axis of, evil. of Axis of Infinity. Yeah, Infinity, Infinity wasn't it? Right. Axis of Infinity. No, Axis of Evil. No, it wasn't evil. Axis of Evil is what George W. Bush called the uh, <laughs> Koreans, the Iranians, and the uh, yeah, but wasn't Iraq. That, wasn't that the play? Wasn't that what they were... Uh... Axis of Insanity. Insanity. Yeah, it was a play on that, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't evil. I yeah. knew that for a fact. We but then all... again, it wasn't Infinity either. <laughs> Samsonite. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to rename this show. We're not going to call it Traveling the Vortex anymore. We're going to call it Three Old Guys Who Can't Remember Crap. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this. We're going to call it two old guys that can't remember crap, and a young guy should. <laughs> Seven minutes of garbage. <laughs> Three guys in a pizza. Two hours of garbage. Two hours of garbage. <laughs> two, hours of garbage. <laughs> two guys in a pizza. Two, three guys in a pizza. Oh, I thought you said two guys. I say, are you going to keep a pizza? No. You're the pizza. <laughs> Sean, I understand you You're have the pizza. The hut. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a weight joke? No. <laughs> My God, you're grumpy. <laughs> I understand that you have an updated schedule for us. I have us. an updated schedule that is posted on the... Oh, the well, in- you've even posted it's it already? It's already posted wow, on the interwebs. Are. We just talked about it yeah. pre-show. We just put the stamp of approval on I it. I told you it was all set and ready to go. I just needed that uh, that extra bit of encouragement. Well, hopefully we didn't choose that one because I... I think I voted against that. Oh, well then. <laughs> uh, first first thing is uh, an update, which uh, we briefly touched on last week, is that for Friday Night Who's this week, uh, we are doing the 11th hour and not Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords, which was originally put out there when we thought John Barrowman, Barrowman was going to be a... Uh, Barrowman! Was going I to be thank a, you. And Brenda thanks you. <laughs> going to be a guest at Planet Comic Con, and he unfortunately has had... Uh, uh, his uh, his marker called in by the WB. They said you got to work this weekend, so uh, he won't be there. But uh, we do have uh, both uh, Caitlin Blackwood and Karen Gillen. I'm having the darndest time with her name for some reason. Uh, Karen, Karen Gillen. Gillen. I don't know why I have trouble saying. I always it. want to put an extra syllable in there. Gillian. Gillian. It's Gillen. It's Gillen. But Amy, uh, <laughs> both of them will will be there. So we're going to do the eleventh hour instead. 
and uh, for, for Gillian Anderson, that could be. Yeah, for the girls that are listening, uh, we may lean heavily on. on no, the, the regulars, the Friday night regulars, my, my, my girls, <laughs> the, 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 uh, my sister. You know, uh, that's out there. Um, we may lean heavily on you too. For all the girls listening out there, <laughs> for all the girls I've loved before. <laughs> keep going, Willie. <laughs> Who wandered in and out. <laughs> no, no, I no, didn't keep going the, oh. on schedule. <laughs> um, we may rely pretty heavily on you to go ahead and take the ball and run with it for Friday Night Who next week because I'm not sure what capacity we, we will be. You guys are to be in Kansas City. Yeah, I'll be back home. Be. Oh, you're coming home. You're not yeah, staying over. I'm not staying over. Okay. We are. And, but I'm leaving early Saturday morning. Yeah, so I'm I'll leaving early Saturday to morning too. So. So. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I might be able to stay up to do the countdown but i'm not holding my breath yeah so there's a chance keith and i might be there uh, there's a chance For i a might bit. be there too i don't if, know maybe if, if anything it's going to be uh, i'm going to log on and do the countdown and sign off oh, and go okay to bed. well i may stick around for a little while longer it's only an hour. i won't be able to go to bed at midnight I, I i don't go to bed until like two or three in the morning even when i have to get up at like 6 a.m to take caitlin to school but we will uh, be spending the weekend at, uh, well, some of us will be spending the weekend. Yeah, I expect Comic-Con. to be exhausted on Friday <laughs> from volunteering. And that, okay, you'll have been, uh, it'll be a regular day for me yeah. at work. So yeah, I'll, be, I'll have been up four hours That's why I'll probably be there. What are we watching again? <laughs> the 11th <laughs> hour. Oh, no, then I won't be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but we will be uh, at Planet Comic Con most of the weekend and uh, our panel on Saturday with Caitlin Blackwood, young Amelia Pond. So if you are in Kansas City, if you are attending Planet Comic Con, we urge you to join us because uh, uh, we have no idea what's going to happen. And I can say that with all confidence. <laughs> um, and then uh, our show will be kind of all about uh, our, our Planet Comic Con experiences. Do we have any idea are we going to release the panel as a side trip separately or are we going to count that as... Oh, let's talk sure a little yet. bit about that after. We'll on, think about right. that. We don't well, know. We're I, I've do, already but. got a plan, but I would talk off mic because I wouldn't want to make a commitment here and then say, no, we're well, Yeah, because you can't speak it because then it's <laughs> seared. <laughs> then it is there. I don't want to make Keith's mistake and say, yeah. we're table 2004. No, we are. I checked. <laughs> so if you're at Planet Comic Con. But we have to we be have now because if you had checked and we were 2006, then we would. No, we are at 2004. And if we weren't, we would pick our stuff up and move it. Why do you make such a difficult thing out of it? Kirk. We're moving the table. Okay. And you'd go, okay. I'm going to set it up next to Stephen Amell. <laughs> Can we? Okay, we're doing that now. I think we need to set up between Karen and uh, Caitlin. Caitlin, that'd be awesome. But... And that's when those security guards threw us out. <laughs> we're recording Planet Comic Con commentary from jail. <laughs> you have to forgive the noise. <laughs> Occasionally, the toilet flushes. We're sorry. It's in the same room. You know those scenes where the guy walks down the hall and there's bits of things on fire? Where do they get the fire? It's like that. No, nobody got oh, that they, one. No, okay. it's... I thought it was funny. <laughs> You're the only one that got it. Keep, oh, I got you. it. Thank <laughs> you for laughing. <laughs> I no, no, no. I got it. And I'm sorry I missed it as a joke, but you're right. Where did they get the fire? <laughs> you just blew Len's I mind. I never thought of that. It's not like they give them light. Well, maybe they do have light. Contraband. For, maybe they, for, well, for, the, for the cigar. They for, do for the cigars. cigars. For the, for the <laughs> cigarettes. And cigars in prison now. No, yeah, because there's a lot of people that smoke in prison. They're allowed yeah. that. So you would think they would have something that's incendiary. They have to have something. To. Okay, that's fixed. Now I'll laugh. <laughs> 
sorry, you set up a whole chain of, yeah, how do they do that? <laughs> that is my goal. You've once, made a great point. Once a show. <laughs> Where does the fire come from? I, 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 Obviously, they light their toilet paper. That makes sense. But <laughs> That's what the, they're throwing. But yeah, what, what are they lighting? What are they lighting it with? A radiator. Is it, is it still attached? Radiator. <laughs> well, that could set be. it on there long enough. Yeah, Maybe it generates enough heat. You know, in the order prisons to cause are old enough that, yeah. Because, I mean, a, a radiator based is based on boiling water going through the coils. Yeah, the it's, water it's, it's radiates. It's old-style So it's really kind of hard a, to catch something on fire unless it's there for a long time. Is there somebody it generates like, enough heat that it does combust. You know, running the chain of, okay, they're coming, and has everybody had their toilet paper on the radiator for the last hour waiting for it to go up? And <laughs> That's once, the problem because is it you got to really do a lot of ahead. planning yeah. to use your radiator and... Most of the time, at least in film, the riots are quite spontaneous. Yeah, they seem I don't know. Fun. Going to Topeka High School, I've touched a couple of those radiators. I bet they could catch, set uh, they are hot. toilet paper on fire uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I still think it takes a while to get to Especially a combustible the issue stuff. point. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's, pretty, that's, that's, that's one ply right there. Yeah. <laughs> Does it still attach to the roll? Does it, does it like set it on fire and then just go? Zing yeah, I've, and seen, have it I've seen that in, in I've seen that in film where they're writing and you see a whole roll of toilet paper on fire get thrown. So. No, I'd leave the roll here and just, or I guess I'll hold on to this. We well, don't have to. Usually, when you I throw that you. roll, yeah. part of it stays behind. Yeah, anyway, I got you. So. Anyway, it's like a streamer. <laughs> my my goal every podcast is to really tangent us at the well, end no. so that we don't close the show out. <laughs> I want to reach into your brain and tip that domino. Then cascades into the next, into the next, into the next. Where did they get the fire? That's my goal every week. Just go tink and watch. We'll call it the where did they get the fire moment. Where did they get the fire moment? Anyway, um, we're not in jail, but we might be after all this. Uh, next week for Friday Night Who to celebrate its, air quotes, 10th anniversary since airing, although we were a little early, uh, we'll be doing Rose. And then uh, we have a special uh, lined up that Glenn's going to uh, fill us in on all the grisly details off mic because he doesn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the wilderness years and the integral moment or the, the, the importance of the resurgence of Doctor Who and the return of Doctor Who in 2005. We're going to discuss a little bit of that angst and anxiety that, that um, classic Who fans really experienced. Yeah, that trepidation that, you know, initially the show went on, quote-unquote, hiatus in 1989, and there was a lot of uncertainty up until the Doctor Who movie. And then, based on the popularity of the Doctor Who movie, unfortunately, or the unsuccess of the Doctor Who movie, unfortunately, we went through it again. So we're going to touch a little bit about some of the things that that kept the Whovians together as a group and the things that kind of sustained us through the wilderness years, per se. And how that really was, I think that was monumental and that, that's a pentacle to bring the yeah. show back to the airwaves in twenty in two thousand five. About said twenty oh five. And Keith will be stupefied by all of this. I'll be <laughs> wowed and amazed. Learn lots of stuff. Well, and Sean even Sean and I bring our own experiences to the wilderness years because we didn't experience the wilderness years even so much like a lot of fans did. Yeah, um, because. At least for me, the wilderness years started for me in the Colin Baker era because I left the show even earlier than it went on hiatus. Well, so the true wilderness years, you were exploring episodes you hadn't seen before. That's exactly true. And that's what – in fact, the wilderness years is what brought me back around to Doctor Who. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, how 
our experiences relate and how that of some fans uh, relate as well. And credit where credit is due. This is uh, kind of, in a way, the brainchild of uh, Chip over at Two Minute Time Lord uh, for kind of germinating that seed in my brain on, uh, you know, what a monumental thing that 10 years out now from Rose that we are. Uh, so there's that. The rest of the schedule is posted. It's going to run up through, when does this run up through? Beginning of April, uh, mid-April almost. Uh, so if you are one of those people that likes to follow along with us, please go check it out. There's uh, what I hope is going to be some good stuff on there. Uh, some uh, Pertwee, including uh, some Wurzel Gumridge coming up for his Beyond the Doctor. Uh, and um, some more Big Finish uh, is on the way as well. And uh, that, as they say, is that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. What a switch. He wasn't the hero after all. He was a nice warrior in disguise. <laughs> Get the club. <laughs> <laughs> Ma, another gator got in the trailer. <laughs> I'm Sean. No, that's not your line. <laughs> what was my line? <laughs> Say goodnight, Sean. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Uh, Good night, everybody. Be seen. Oh my god, another one! You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.